Kevin, LFG, right? You know, I, I feel like there is no better way to start the show. Do you care if I go with a little sound effect here? <laughs> I, I don't think we're up and running yet on the YouTube stream, so we'll try to go audio here. Mark, maybe maybe crank me a little louder. Kevin, Kevin, sneak this in. Yeah. And just, you know, I feel like this he, will be like the mayo he plop. The, he okay. just pulled this out. Here we go. Everyone quiet. <laughs> he pulled that out of his sweatshirt. How's she sound, Mark? <laughs> How'd she sound? Loud and clear. Let's go! <laughs> Cheers. Vegemite for Jake. There we go. And a natty light for he your brought the natty light. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Crisp as usual. Happy Carb Day to everyone out there. It is absolutely beautiful. A, a hair of technical difficulties on our end, uh, but we should be outside when the gates open coming up here. At 8 o'clock. Boy, that tastes good, Jake. <laughs> it smells good, too. Let me How tell you. How about the can? The can looks great. And it, it is a good-looking can, yeah. I mean, that, matter of fact, hold on. Does it say natural lighter? Like, what is that? Is that a T no, on no, the no, end? No. Natural light and just the... Uh, oh, the little accentuation. Like copyright. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They want to make sure this logo doesn't get stolen, you know? It's such an <laughs> absolutely precious brand An here. iconic brand. I have a feeling a few of these will be drank inside of this facility today. Again, as we said all week long, just absolutely beautiful from a weather standpoint. Cars on the track coming up at 11 o'clock. So good Friday morning to everybody out there. Uh, if you still have work that needs to get done for today, just wait. Like we do. Just, just, <laughs> just wait till Tuesday, right? That's right. Uh, I'll tell you what. It's going to be interesting today because it's – Kevin, I woke up, and it is gorgeous out. And good morning to you, by the way, on a Friday. Jake Quarry along with Kevin Bowen. Right now we're in the media center of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Anticipate being out in Pagoda Plaza. By the time the fans arrive, gates opening, I believe, at 8 a.m. is when the gates open, yep, right? uh-huh. And Ed Carpenter at 8, right? Correct. So we will be down there, uh, hopefully, and in the middle of all the festivities, you've got your natty light. I met up last night with the Australians. And they brought me a, a huge box again of goodies, including not only Vegemite, but Vegemite recipes this time. Okay, I was wondering what that would is. Yeah, this is, these are Vegemite recipes. Now, I've got also... Boy, Vegemite recipes. Somebody talk mentioned, about a food Well, somebody channel, mentioned that we should be show. doing a Vegemite taste test for the folks that show up. So I've, I've got Vegemite crackers. Oh, wow. And then a little thing to spread with. So we, we've got the whole deal, the whole Monty here. Is Will Power joining us at some point? They, Do we have the VB? These guys, these guys were, like, super thrilled at the possibility of meeting. They're like, this is what's so funny, Kevin. So my buddy Michael has brought six of his friends. So there's seven Australians here. Well, I've got six Natty Lights out there if they want one. <laughs> and they uh, – God love them, but they just, and I understand it. I mean, that's the beauty and the magic of this place. I don't think they have any grasp as to, you know, they're like, so when we get there, like, will you be able to just, will we, able, you know, we'll just go meet Will Power? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know, guys. It's, well, I mean, can, can you get us down? Are we just going to go down to the, like, the start finish line and stuff? I'm like, yeah, it, it's, and, well, so what time do we need to be there? And I go, I, ultimately, if you guys can be here by like 830, that'd be awesome. So we'll leave the hotel. We're staying downtown. We'll leave the hotel, what, about 8, 8, 15 or so? It's only like a 15-minute drive, right? Uh, okay. So I, I think we're in for a bit of a climb. The, you know, the um, the statement that you made kind of leading off talking about the Australians here, just the vastness of the facility, Jake. I mean, you come here, what, 60 times a year? Yeah. It still is amazing to me. I, I got here probably like maybe 6.15, 6.30, and I just walked out here just to the gate right next to the tunnel so you know picture the tunnel you would walk underneath to get to pagoda plaza and i just wanted to take a little overview 
of the track, and I did one of those kind of like panoramic pictures. I tried to be artsy with it as best I could. Then I remembered I had a 30-pack of Natty Light on my shoulders. <laughs> and uh, I just looked around this facility, and it is just just blows you away. A- every single time that you're in here, and if you look at the numbers coming up for Sunday, Doug Bowles said it yesterday, uh, around 230,000 seats have been sold. Seats. So we're not talking infield GA snake pit. We're not. We're, we're not talking inside of the track. Um, you know, particularly in that turn three area. Uh, I think the number was less than five thousand seats remain. So outside of 2016, this is going to be the biggest Indianapolis 500 in 25 years. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty difficult thing to grasp in terms of its enormity. But I love being out here, and today's going to be a cool day, a, a, an awesome day. I. That's what I was going to say earlier. Is I looked at the forecast. I did not expect that it was going to be this cool this morning, which you might see some pretty good speeds, actually. Uh, when they get out there for practice today from 11 until 1, I mean, there may be some guys turning up the wick a little bit because it's going to be pretty much ideal conditions so long as it's not overly windy. And people can laugh at me when they see me and I'm wearing a Patagonia puffer coat if they want. But when you get up, if it's – it's going to be, what, 60 degrees at 11, something like that, which means at the top where I'm broadcasting, it's going to be 40, 45. I mean, it's 15 degrees colder up there well, for sure. Well, if you sure. need another natty light or two to give you a little blanket, <laughs> I'm happy to deliver that to you. I, where did you sneak that in? That was impressive. Not sneak it in, but where were you carrying it? No, you're it? kind of acting like I just confiscated this No, somewhere. yeah, I know. but like I, you, I just had it in my pouch right here. My, that was impressive. My sweatshirt pouch. How'd the sound sound, Mark? I, I felt like... Oh, it I, sounded you know, fun. fantastic. Okay. It was perfect. It can was we, like can we PBR, get a... Uh, from an acoustic standpoint, I was hoping it was the 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 open herd around town. Can we get a replay of the sound, Mark? Uh, no. We ha- <laughs> I mean, I can go grab one of mine and open it up. <laughs> wow, you have one as well, Mark? <laughs> I brought some PBR and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin beer, so I'm ready oh to roll after the show. Several people last night, by the way, I was at the Kroger on Crawfordsville Road in Speedway for an event with Mission Foods and Errol McLaren, Pata Award, Tony Kanan, Felix Rosenquist, um, as well as, who's the fourth that I'm missing here? Uh, Alex, Alexander Rossi. Rossi. They were all there, and it was a massive crowd. I mean, massive, which was awesome to see. And people were so gracious, so many of them that came up. Uh, to say that they listened to us, and I had no fewer than, I'm not kidding you, probably three different guys came up asking if I was buying Little Kings. They wanted to bring out Little Kings. Um, I feel bad for the PBR folk because now everybody's talking about Little Kings, right? So uh, Yeah, we are uh, we got a shopper here looking for a Little King. Can we direct him to the uh, alcohol line? Okay, oh, that one is in Ohio? Okay, thank you. S- one guy said he's going to Ohio in like a week. And he's like, I'm, I'm stopping and bringing you something back. I'm, Hell yeah. Now, is that I am like so excited for that you guys. You're going, going to Ohio? What's that? Is that like you saying that you're going to Ohio? Well, that's a good point. But I just haven't had time, Kevin. But I am so excited for you guys to try your first Little Kings. I did have someone, I think a listener, Mike, uh, tweeted a picture of a of what looked like, I don't know, a 24-pack. Would that sound right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm just a little nervous how he's going to get the bottles into this facility here. Well, but you can be creative. You can certainly be creative with that. So good Friday morning to you again. Carb day, weather outstanding. Jake, to your point earlier, you think about the weather on Monday which was that first practice after we had set the field to 33, and then what we'll get today from 11 to 1, that matches up 
almost identical to what Sunday's going to be like weather-wise. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be sunny Sunday, right? But a little bit partly cloudy, so I guess you know things could be a tad different. But from a temperature standpoint, I would think the conditions on Monday and Friday mirror a, a, a pretty close amount to what we're going to see yeah. Sunday at 1245 when the green flag falls. I'm telling you, man. Like, I just love it. I love everything about it. Like, the whole atmosphere, the buzz, the energy. I think I like that almost as much as just the race itself, just watching the place come to life. There is a part of me when the warm-up laps happen, there's a little tent of sadness for me. Because I'm like, oh, no. Totally. This is, you know, I'm going to blink and it's lap 200, and, and I know I probably shouldn't be thinking of such a negative Light. Uh, Ed Carpenter, 8 o'clock. Ryan Hunter-Ray scheduled to join us as well. We'll give out some numbers. So if you are currently en route to 16th and Georgetown, we still have got probably a dozen, maybe 15 numbers still to give out uh, in our 500 draw. So we will do that here coming up a little bit later in the show. Obviously, the primary focus today will certainly be on what's happening not only today at the track, but coming up on Sunday and previewing things. Uh, but Jake, the Boston Celtics got it done last night you, in pretty impressive fashion. You know, the thing about Boston that I think has awakened a bit, and it's why I think you in particular, Jake, have been so bullish on them. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are the obvious. I, you know, like, yeah, I mean, those two guys are all NBA talents. Jason Tatum's a first team, all NBA type guy. But their leading scorer last night's Derek White. I, I and Marcus know. Smart gave him over 20. And Malcolm Brogdon can come off the bench and give him 18. Like, they just have such a potency outside of the big two. Uh, it got to the point where the white flag was waved by Eric Spolstra there in the fourth quarter. Um, so that is two down, two to go. Now, obviously, game six coming up tomorrow night in Miami. That is the big one. It's the final home game of the series for the Heat. And we'll see how Miami reacts to getting, I would say, punched in the mouth pretty, pretty squarely here I'm in the last telling two you. games. I would be concerned if I was a Heat player or fan. I'm telling you, like they, uh, Jalen Brown said it, man. Don't let us win one, and here they are. And I don't know that they're going away. I, I'm telling you, they, they're just too talented. And I'm not trying to sit there and, and play with you know the the swing of emotions. When a team gets down three, love. Yeah, sometimes they get one of them, and it goes, and they they delay the inevitable for a game. But now all of a sudden it's three two, and Miami's got. Isn't the pressure clearly all, a must win? all on Miami? Isn't the little piano on their back? Yes, at this point, yes, unquestionably, right? Because you don't. Can you imagine going back for a game? No part of Game Seven in Boston. Yeah, Boston has won four straight elimination games. And I think they I saw it last night. They said they've won four of five on the road. That Gabe Vincent injury. I mean, I know he's Gabe Vincent, and half the sports world's like, "Who is that?" Sounds like a you know a, a utility hitter for the Pirates. Um, he's an important piece for Miami, especially without Tyler Hero and without Victor Oladipo. And it's uh, you know kind of harped on it yesterday. When will water find its level? And it seems like it's two games, but that's starting to happen. They're playing guys that you know haven't played as many minutes earlier in the series. They're down, you know, probably a third of their top eight, nine guys. Which you know, when you're a seven seed or I guess an eight seed, they were the seven seed entering the play-in, and then they lost that first game. Uh, they are being tested big time. Uh, we'll see if Jimmy Butler has one more heroic performance in him. But uh, game six tomorrow night, eight thirty tip from South. Hey, were you at? Um the Colts event yesterday? I was. Yep, yep, yep. Out there OTAs, for the first OTA. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I'm hesitant to say it because I don't want to like be ridiculous, but I've read like I I'll tell you what's hard for me, Kevin, what's a challenge for me. If you're looking to read, by the way, 1075thefan.com's got a notebook up from yesterday. So the the thing that's a challenge to me is that there are and you're not one of them. That's not what I'm saying. I have a hard time discerning between people that are like objectively talking about what's going on with the Colts and then some that just like are like a fan perspective. So I, I see these like tweets and headlines like Anthony Richardson's the like literally they have drafted Patrick Mahomes, you know, Joe Montana and Cam Newton all wrapped into one. And I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to tell right now. But Did I that guess that guy make Jim Irsay's top five. But <laughs> upper percentile of upper percentile of quarterbacks, which is rare. rare. Um, how did he look, though? I thought he looked good. Um, I think we have to keep everything in perspective, Jake. Of like, it's May 25th, people. By the and way, did you bring the numbers? Because um, oh yeah, yeah, I saw you fiddling around with a yeah, lot of I, papers I don't there. Know, I can't. Yeah, find I got them somewhere in here. Sheet. Okay, good. Oh, is that mic on? Um, yeah, somewhere in here. So he did look good, though. Yeah, it, but, like, again, Jake, I mean, we're, we're, he's wearing a red jersey. So, like, it, for everything that looks good this time of year, you just have to realize you know that what? we are nowhere near the final test. If you want to take it into a schooling standpoint of it, we are mad minutes is what I used to do back at Cherry Tree Elementary and trying to learn multiplication. We are early on in our multiplication tables with the Anthony Richardson experience. It's going, I think, solidly. Uh, clearly the Colts have not viewed any hiccups in him, probably more so mentally to the point where they would be hesitant to give him the amount of reps that they've given him. And, Jake, that was probably my biggest takeaway from yesterday was I've been very curious. You know, I've been a proponent of starting Richardson week one. But my curiosity is, okay, how do you handle him reps-wise here in the spring? Uh, are you going to go a 50-50 split? Are you going to go 20% him, 30% him? You know, how do you di- divvy that up? And yesterday, Gardner Minshew was the initial starting quarterback in both the 11-on-11 period and the 7-on-7. But if you take the totality of practice, Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew split the starting reps. And if you want to look at just the actual quantity of the reps, Anthony Richardson did outsnap Gardner Minshew. He got one extra period. Um, one of those two periods that he received was with the second unit, the other with the starter. So for me, Jake... May 25th, and again, we only get to watch one OTA each week right now. We'll do that each of the next two weeks. I continue to think and believe Anthony Richardson will be the starter week one. Here's a better way to ask the what I was here, – here, here's a, a better question for you than what I asked you. You've been around a long time. You've watched a lot of rookies come through the door. Would you say that the precedent – is that you can or cannot truly evaluate a rookie before an actual preseason game? Or, more often than not, do guys that look outstanding early on, does that translate usually? Or, more often than not, do you find yourself, once it comes down to preseason games, saying, yeah, I mean, what I saw in the practice field in June just does not translate to this. Yeah, I, I think there are bigger benchmarks left to be had. And you can find stories of guys that did not have great springs or training camps and turned into pretty good players. You can find opposites of that, guys that had a really nice start and then it did not maintain. You know, once success necessarily got to them, maybe that 
impacted things. Um, I think what you like about Richardson so far is I thought Shane Steichen in particular yesterday, and we'll and we'll play an audio clip coming up here in a bit, was very complimentary of how Richardson looked. And the Colts want to be as protective with Richardson in public settings as you could imagine. That's why, I, I mean, in a way, I never thought there was any chance, even if IMS would have asked him to you know drive the pace car or wave the green flag, the Colts weren't going to let Richardson do that because they want to try and keep him as bubble-wrapped as possible publicity-wise right now and kind of earn it. But Shane Sykin post-practice yesterday, he was pretty strong in his praise for Richardson. And if the head coach is willing to say that publicly, clearly, I think he's making a positive mark internally on that building. Again, by is no it, means was it was it a perfect day. There was a 7-on-7 seven seven rep where you know, Julian Blackman almost had a pick. Probably would have been a pick six. It was a great play by, by Blackman, uh, but made a great play on him. Uh, but Richardson threw a beautiful ball, kind of lofted over the second level to Kylan Granson. And overall... If you looked at just his sheer percentages, it was you know north of seventy in the uh, in the eleven on eleven period. So uh, I would say mostly good, couple of bad, but for May twenty fifth and a guy had started thirteen games in college, I'd say so far it's been positive. What was it, um, or, or is it so far with Anthony Richardson? Are we strictly speaking the physical traits that are what is impressing people? Because that we knew about, right? That, those were never the question marks. So the question would become, which question marks about him have now been erased, if any? Yeah, I, I don't know if we can say that. I mean, again, he's been a Colt for a month right now. Um, clearly, the Colts, again, feel comfortable with him mentally to have put him into position. And part of it is like, hey, we drafted a really talented dude. It's, it's May. Take the kid gloves off. Don't, no need to hide this time of year. This is where you you're kind of expose him as much as you can. So again, so far, so I got a few of those beer burps already started. <laughs> I know I can smell it. Gosh, already right, seven eighteen here. I felt like I was doing my Tyrese house. Someone's got to set the pace on Carb Day, and yeah, I was that's doing good. my Halliburton. That's good. Okay, you know? yeah, we'll call you the pace setter. Yeah, I, you could argue which you know, is it's, it's which really, is more dangerous: starting at seven a.m. drinking honest, beer or driving one hundred and fifty miles per hour, or however much. It's a it's a fairly generic looking can. It really is, which I, I kind of like. Do you remember, like, in the old days of television? Can we get this on the YouTube stream? This would be in yeah, the old days going of now. television. How's it look, Mark? Glorious. Do you think I, I you're the almost, first one to crack a beer this morning at the track? I would almost guarantee oh, no. that there's on, probably now, somewhere that says in the media center, like, there's probably some sort of rule against that. But Oh, wait, is that not know. the camera, Nick? Should I be looking over here? Oh, jeez. Look by Jake. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. So now. now I'm on camera. Um, oh, yeah. You, you really hate being on camera. Yeah. yeah. Now I Jake's do. posture's going to be through I mean, the roof. I love me some me, but I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I mean, sometimes when I I, I'll, I will see photos of my stuff, myself, and I just think to myself, no, that looks good. Not as good as the natural light, but... Um, we need to get this on Ryan Hunter Ray's car. <laughs> Ryan Hunter Ray has a sponsor now, Root Insurance. That's right. That's right. Root Insurance is the sponsor. I can't remember now what I was going to say about Anthony Richardson. Uh, shout out to Michael Pittman and his wife. Uh, Michael Pittman absent yesterday, welcoming their second child into the world. Um, no Shaquille Leonard, no Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, those two coming off um, you know, different injury situations from last year, but neither of them finished the year. I am not surprised we didn't see Leonard out there. I, I, I don't think we'll see him until the first day of camp. I, and will we then? Oh, boy. How no. long is this going to maintain to be a storyline? Well, I, I would say until he plays a month of football in the fall. 
Be- because I mean, if you remember, Jake, last year he did the first OTA and then boom, setback. Then he comes back during the season, doesn't go training camp, comes back during the season, boom, setback. Comes back one more time. Jeff Saturday looks at him on the practice fields like, dude, you should not be out there whatsoever. And boom, there's the second surgery. So uh, I think we are a that is a very much late July Grand Park storyline with Shaquille Leonard. A couple of rookies stood out yesterday. We can talk about that here coming up in a bit. But yeah, uh, if you guys are looking for more on the Colts OTA front, we'll share some thoughts. But uh, up on our website right now, 107.5. TheFan.com. I'm not sure what these little Vegemite cards are. They, they told I thought me they were Listerine when you first brought them well, up. Well, here's what it says. Vegemite, 30 happy little recipes. You show the YouTube uh, yeah. stream that, those? And then we have the Vegemite. Where's the – did I already put it back in the – I have the jar of Vegemite. We have uh, crackers of Vegemite. I mean, we got all the Vegemite stuff that you would ever want here. I did not get any VB Tollies, but one of the, guy, one of the Australians that's here owns his own microbrewery. Really? In Australia. So you can give him a Natty Light and see what Perfect. he thinks. Yeah, I would assume <laughs> it'll be the best beer he's ever had. Give him his own taste uh-huh. test. Of now, a Mark, natty does light. anything shock you more than this? Jake has bought, brought seven different forms of Vegemite, but he didn't bring the number sheet. I, I, I don't know where. I must have left it in the studio. That you know what? I'm going to pat myself on the back, and I, you know, I know oh, that's boy. unusual. Shocking. Yeah, there you go. What a sacrifice on all told, morning. All told, all told, that's my first take up of the month. All oh. told. So I'll live with that, right? I'll, I'll deal with it. I, I know about, what I was going to say. I was about to make a reference to Sunday and having any hiccups, but I, <laughs> yeah, hope, I, hope, I hope things go very smoothly for you. You know, back in the day, like the 80s, on TV shows, I, there must have been some sort of rule about beers or brands. You know, it's interesting. If you look at TV now, there's actually a whole thing of product placement within TV shows, and... I, I realize Seinfeld's kind of a dated reference too, but like in Seinfeld, like they make it a point at one point they're all drinking Snapple when that became a thing, or, or he always has like the cereal behind him. There, there's actual payment and marketing that goes into product placement. There must have been something about beer and alcohol back in the day where they couldn't do that. So on TV shows, like for example, Mama's Family, they would just drink beer that was a white can that just said beer. Literally, and duffs, that's, duffs, that's, like in The Simpsons. That's and that's what the natural light can that you have there kind of looks like. I would, I mean, doesn't this kind of look like something that was wrapped on a car in 1983? Totally. That's that's what's cool about it. Give me a driver. I mean, that, 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 that you, know, you know what that can looks like. That can looks like when you go into a bar or restaurant, and as a decoration, they have old beer cans like sitting on shelves around. You know, the around the bar wall. Right. That's what that looks like. It's got a little bit of a Modelo look to it. That's a good way of saying it, yeah. So should I change my Pick to Pato Award? <laughs> By the way, so we made our picks yesterday um, that I'm assuming are up on the website. And Are they up yet, Nick? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock they'll be up on the website. So should we not say what they are yet? Are we not supposed to like? So I actually had the same pick as you, Kevin. Did you I, have the same pick? I did. So, so Nick called me and said and I said and I said you know what this is so I'm going to be that guy I've made my pick and then he said well Kevin picked him as well and I thought well wait a minute and I said yesterday we had to record something yesterday that's going to air on the pregame show or the pre-race show on Sunday and and for that I also picked the driver that you did gosh but because I thought it would it's be It's not very good radio by well, us. It, I, I thought it would be a lame article to have everybody picking the same person. Okay. So I said, fine. I will, my alternate pick will be this person so long as no one else picks him because I think it's – because there are probably eight to ten that can win this race, right? 
And so I, I just thought if we all had the same. So you had your pick was? Um, look at that, the voice of the 500, Mark James. Mark Morning, Mark. Arrived. Mark is wondering why we're not in the Pagoda Plaza. Do you think Mark is judging me for my yes. Natty Light right now? I guarantee it. I will hear about that later. <clears throat> um, my pick is Alexander Rossi. And that's who I was going to go. That's who I would say. But, but my be- second, I went, well, you say who your alternate is. Joseph Newgarden. Wow. Interest. Now, tell me more. Well, the question is going to become, this is the thing. So this race is absolutely Joseph Newgarden's white whale. And... Joseph Newgarden, for those that are unfamiliar, is, you know, this is, at this point, Joseph Newgarden is, maybe it's a little rich to say Peyton Manning before he won a Super Bowl, but Joseph Newgarden is a two-time series champion. He's won 20-plus races. He's driven, you know, he drives for Roger Penske. He's now made more starts for Roger Penske of anybody to not win the 500. And there's been a lot of expectation, a lot of, you know, pressure on him. He's a little off the radar this year. Now... His car did not qualify well, I mean, relatively speaking. And the question's going to become, can that car maneuver its way through traffic, or does this year the race lend itself towards somebody starting outside of the front four rows and moving their way up? I do think that from a strategic standpoint, they will be able to come up with a strategy through pit sequencing and whatnot to get him towards the front, and then it's a matter of whether or not he stays up there, and I think he will be able to. So... And I think he's talented enough once he gets in traffic to do where you know put the car where it needs to go. So, Pato, Palo, Rossi. I mean, those guys are all absolutely huge arrows, no question about it. But I, so I went with Newgarden. Was that pun tended there with the arrow reference? It was not actually because of Palo, but he's not an arrow guy. Um. Well, yet yeah, right. Uh, That's right. My uh, my second choice is Pato Award. And again, I know it's kind of low hanging fruit with what he did last year and how I, I I went back watched the final ten laps last night. And again, your guys' call is on top of it. It's it's such a well. I guess it was more like the last three laps, right? Was that after the red flag? Yeah. Um, you know, Pato showing that restraint in turn one, right here, on that restart. I guess it would have been one lap. It was in, one. Yeah. Into the restart. I mean, he he. Well, I shouldn't say easily, but he could have gone for that. It probably wouldn't have ended well for him. Right. But I think well, it's it w- like Davey Hamilton mentioned. I mean, Sato and, and Dario, right? Yeah, very, very similar. And Sato went for it, and it wasn't there. Yeah, eight to ten cars for Jake. That's interesting because Justin Newgarden is what middle row five. Is that right? I think that's right. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, should we take a quick break? Come back with Mark James. Sounds good. All right, we'll come back with Mark James, the voice of the five hundred. He is with us here live. Currently, right now, we are inside the media center. We will be outside. I, I hopefully say that somewhat confidently. Coming up at 8 o'clock when the gates do open. So, hope to see everybody out there. Ed Carpenter going to join us live. Cars on track today, 11 o'clock to 1. The pit stop competition starts at 2.30. And then Brian Adams uh, for the Carb Day concert coming up at 4 o'clock. It is a glorious, glorious Carb Day here in Indian. In, Indianapolis, Kevin Bowen, Jake Query, Mark Dykton back in studio, and Mark Jaynes joins us next. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. If we were to do this in abbreviated fashion, last night the Boston Celtics defeated the Miami Heat to continue their season. That forces a game six, and I think the Athletics lost. (laughs) 
I, I think it was a one-run game, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah, it's still 10 wins as Memorial Day <laughs> approaches today. Cars on the track, 11-1 to 1 here for Carb Day. Joining us now, the voice of the 500, Mark James. Mark, good morning. Thank you. Uh, happy to be here, guys. That is until Michael Young sat down next to me. I was not told that Michael Young would be a part of the show. There's, uh, there's I re- seven I, headsets, and Michael grabs the wrong yeah, one. There's a shocker of the morning. That, that that explains my comment, quite frankly. I think clears it up. No, it's an honor yeah. to be with all of you guys. I mean, you know, we've got uh, we've got the, the booth here. We've got uh, turn two and turn three here. It's pretty cool. Gosh, I know. I feel like, what do we need? Kristen Arian, Nick Yeoman. We've yep, got the whole, right. whole crew with us here. That's right. Uh, Mark, what storyline do you think we haven't maybe talked enough about? This month, I feel like we've hammered, you know, Ganassi versus the field. Obviously, Elio for the fifth. Jake just talked about Joseph Newgarden, kind of getting that monkey off the back. Anything stand out to Tony Kanaan's last? Yeah, I think we've. I think everything's pretty well been covered. I think you know, I get that question a lot. You know, what are the storylines? And you know, each and every year, there's going to be a different one or two or three or four. Uh, that's what makes this the greatest spectacle in racing. And and I really think the only storyline yet to cover is, you know, race day, quite frankly, and how it's going to unfold and then whose life is going to change if it's a first-time winner and uh, whose, uh, I think, legacy is going to be submitted by being a, a, a multiple winner. Um, and, and, you know, um, we all have favorites. We all pick favorites. We've all done that. But I think, um, a- again, um, the, the, the story is uh, whoever wins it is a great story because it's, it's the Indianapolis 500. And that's, uh, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, we all do prep work and things of that nature, but I don't think well, any of us. Not all. Any, well, you have people doing it for you. So <laughs> let me clarify that. But uh, the, the beauty of it is, is that, you know, I think, one of the things that I believe makes our broadcast so well received is the fact that uh, we allow things to happen organically. We don't go into it with any predetermined outcome or any rehearsed calls or speeches or anything. Sure, we we write things and come up with things to use during our pre-race show and things of that nature. But uh, um, yeah, it's uh, in terms of a storyline. Getting back to that 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 question, I, I think the race itself is the only storyline yet to cover. Michael, you have, Michael Young is here as well, who will be in turn two for the broadcast on Sunday. And you've been on the public address too, so you've watched a lot of the practice sessions. Do we know yet? I guess the big question for me is going to be this. Like I was just talking about Joseph Newgarden. Mm -hmm. We have had years where we come out here and five or ten laps into it, you go, man, they can't pass. The the, the aerodynamics are just such that there's, they hit kind of that, that, that wall of air and it's difficult to break through that. Then there's other years where they come out and you go, okay, you know, things are good where there's going to be a ton of lead changes. Do we know yet which one we're going to see this year? I don't think we're going to – I think we'll see a ton of lead changes, but once you get back in the pack six, seven, eight deep, I think that's going to be an issue trying to get around. Working your way from the midpoint of the field to the That's what I was saying. Like with Newgarden, I feel like Newgarden is going to find – like it just seems – the three of us have done enough of these races, right, where all of a sudden in the first or second pit stop – and all of a sudden you hear Mark saying to Davey, like, Davey, they found a way, and Tim Sender comes up with an off strategy or something to get Newgarden up towards the front. I just, Michael, feel like that's going to happen. And that could easily happen. I think it, with his teammate, Will Powers, is so fast, too. Those two start working together, and if they can get nose to tail and work their way through the field, I think that'd be a great opportunity for him to get to the front. I got some pretty interesting looks via our pit reporters the other day after the, the practice session on Monday at some of the tire wear on, on these longer runs. And I think to your point, um, 
you know, the fastest car might not necessarily win the race on Sunday. I think it's going to be the car that has the setup right to the point to where they can make the tire dig uh, match the fuel window. Because I think if you burn those tires up too quickly, put too much pressure on, on, on the right front and left front, whatever the case may be, depending on the setup, I, I don't know if anybody wants to ride around this place for 15 laps at speed um, and, and have maybe those Firestone Firehawks. So I, I think I think pit strategy and, 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 and race strategy and whatnot, uh, I, I, think, I think that's going to be the story. I really do. I think that was something that Will Power mentioned with us on Wednesday, the vibrating from some of those tires yep. late yeah. in stents. Yep. Will Power was fast us on Monday, correct? Yeah. And, and so, you know, you talk about a guy in row four that, Jake, I think you and I, when we got off with him on, on Wednesday, it was like, whoa, this guy loves his car. And, and I don't know. I, sometimes with some of the vets, you don't necessarily hear that. Uh, that is a guy, another Penske car, and, and we talk about Joseph Newgarden, that he's starting the outside of row four. He loves that outside lane. Not shocked me at all. We get a few laps into this race, and it's like, oh, Will Powers in sixth. Now, well, and to your point, you remember a couple of years ago, the story is well documented now. Mike Shank said Elio pulled it in on Carb Day about 25 minutes early and said, "What do you?" they said to him, what do you want us to do? He said, don't touch it. It's yeah. fine. Shove it back in the garage, and we're done. We'll see you Sunday. And so that may be uh, – you, you may have learned a little something, got a little insight as to Will Powers' psyche come race day. You know, the other thing, too, to me that's fascinating is – that, by the way, joined by Mark James and Michael Young here, will be on the radio network, the IndyCar radio network, IMS radio network on Sunday for the call. And we're in the media center here on Carb Day at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Whenever you watch, and I've made this bad analogy before, but you watch a horse race, and when they're going into the post, there's always that one horse that's kind of bucking, and you, you know, just you think, like, well, what in the world? And, and sometimes that horse that day just doesn't want to run. And there's going to be someone. I, none of us know who it's going to be, but Michael, tell me if you agree. There is always someone that after the race we go, what happened to so-and-so? Mm -hmm. And that car, they, they go out there and they get, lap, they get two laps into it and go, the car just ain't feeling today. I think you might see that with several drivers, and they might be towards the, the front of this field by, by the time everything is said and done. It's interesting that you bring that point up that I think there'll be guys that we're thinking is going to be, they'll be bad fast on race day that, that to your point, won't show their hand. But, you know, I keep looking at row three with you know, Alexander Rossi, Takuma Sato, and Tony Kanaan. That I really <laughs> believe that some – the winner's going to come out of that row. If you draw that row, row out in the pool, you're pretty happy, <laughs> you, you aren't did, you? You yeah, did pretty good. Sure, yeah. You did pretty good. Yeah. Would you rather watch row two or row three on these opening laps? I think row three – just what we've seen Alexander Rossi do in the past, he's been right. the workhorse of that team. He turns 150, 160 laps at every one of the practice sessions. I think he's very sneaky, has a great race car, and I think he'll be very impressive. I think you and day. Nick need to draw a beat on Santino Ferrici with a great flag drop. <laughs> oh, trust, oh, trust me. I'm watching the inside of row two. Oh, yeah. Again, in row two, for those unfamiliar, it is Santino Ferrucci in that beautiful patriotic car of his. And then next to him, and we saw it a few races. You guys were there. Pato Ward and Scott Dixon. Yeah. For those that have watched the 100 Days to Indy, some great behind-the-scenes footage of those two. I think, you know, getting into it a little bit after the race. And we know Pato Ward's got some daredevil to him. Scott Dixon, of course, after what happened last year. You talk about that. Ferrucci, Award, Dixon, and two. And then, Michael, to your point about row three, Alexander Rossi, Takuma Sato, Tony Kanaan. Whew. 
Yeah. I mean, it's funny, Santino Ferrucci, yesterday, the guys were uh, talking, you know, we had media day and we had some time to spend with Santino. He goes, you know, it's patience. This race is about patience. Yeah, okay. Out of all, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the guy who I've expected to get up and go. Yeah, and he, it's like and he's, me talking preparation. I was just saying, yeah, it's like Jake saying how humble he is. <laughs> well, I, I mean, again. I am very humble. Would you guys agree? <laughs> yes. Your humility is, I think, what the trait that I admire Considering my most. greatness, it's actually pretty impressive. Uh, I love me some meat. <laughs> it, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave those observations up to others. <laughs> Come on now. Mark, Kevin, Kevin asked if, if you would be judging Mark. Um, yeah, I feel like he is. Yeah, Kevin said, is I, Mark James going to judge me? I cracked open I, a uh, natural light early uh, nice. to kind of lead off carpet. You know, I feel like Tyrese Halliburton's going to set the pace on Sunday. Someone's got to set the pace today. Nice. I, I, don't, I, I don't have a problem with the beverage. It's the brand. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> Mark James making a Mark is a pure here. snob <laughs> what we've learned here. Wow, okay. What about Little Kings, Mark? I mean, why not? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> they call them Little Kings for a reason. <laughs> so you've had Little Kings, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> See, you know. Michael, have you ever indulged in Little Kings? Uh, you know, it was a great thing when you're in high school and you're drinking for the first time an eight-ounce <laughs> bottle and you polish off about ten of those, you think you're the man. That's right. That's <laughs> Yeah, you, right. you are on top of the pagoda. That's we don't condone this I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm, no. and you'll appreciate no. this, Jake. I'm a lot prouder of saying that I consumed Little Kings at one point than one of your other sidekicks that has to admit to have drink, uh, consumed Zima at some point <laughs> in his life. I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, at least Little Kings, <laughs> supposedly Little Kings is still around. That's right. But yes. I guess you got to go to your home state of Ohio to get yep, it, Michael. That's the only place you'll find it. I, I actually bought a case of it, and it's as horrible as I remember it Wait to be. Wait a minute. Be. Do you still have any? I, no, I drank it. Why would you, why, why, why it would was you, so horrible. Saving it for yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you still, you gotta still, well, I still had to get through a case of it, right? Michael, I, I enjoy asking this to people that are in, in the respective terms. We had Kristen Ari on yesterday. Obviously, his moments come from can a, win a, can a teenager win an Indy and J.R. Hildebrand. Uh, in, in your history of being out here, you, your favorite moment from, from the turns? I think the Elio moment. When Elio took the lead and Nick made that call, Foyt, Unzer Mears, and maybe Castro Neves. I've said this and no one believes it. I was ready to say something along those yeah, lines uh-huh. as soon as he came through, but Nick beat me to the punch. So all I had was there's two laps to go, at, you know, <laughs> in the 105th running of the 500. But it, it was that moment because you really felt something special was going to happen. And I think. You know, Nick's call kind of set the stage for Mark's, you know, finish. Jake had a great call in turn three. You know, bob and weave, bob and weave. It just, those were very magical moments, those those last couple of laps. And uh, I sat up in the turn two perch for 20 minutes after the race was over. No one was leaving and just kind of taking in what we just had witnessed. How many times, Michael, on Sunday will you hear this in your ear? I need it earlier, Michael. Uh, I did it earlier. Oh, yeah. I, I would imagine about two dozen, probably within the first two dozen laps. N- none of which are justified, <laughs> by the way. They're just me. So you apologize to Chris and Ari, but you tell Michael Young. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, it's interesting. My, my position has changed this year. I'm actually going to be on top of the turn two suite. So, which is where it was years and years ago. Really? Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. huh. 50 years ago, yeah. the first time the network, Howdy Bell, was on the top of the turn two suites yeah. 50 years ago, and we're, we're back there now. But I will actually see... He's one. still there, by the way. Yes, Howdy. yes. He's waiting for yeah, it. He's, yeah. he's yeah. got a natural light waiting for it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but that changes your vantage point. Though. So it'll change my vantage point. So, so you're deeper into the turn? So I'm, I'm at the exit of the turn got now. It. So I, I'll be able to see the short shoot, too, which will give me a great opportunity to toss them a lot 
earlier to Jake, so I will not upset his mojo, if you will. <laughs> oh, that's huge. But the way that the the purchase sat on top of the turn two suites, I literally will look down on the car. So God forbid there's an incident in turn number two. If we're live, it will you'll hear the impact of the cars. Mm. We're that close. Mark, we are uh, up against it, but set us up for Sunday. Uh, 11 o'clock, right? You guys yep. take the green flag for the radio network and anything pre-race to uh, keep our ears tuned into. Um, our annual visit with the governor, uh, that goes back to the Sid Collins days. We're happy to continue that tradition with uh, Governor uh, Holcomb and then uh, right off the top we will uh, pay tribute uh, to to all of those that have won in years, ending in three, with as many radio calls as we could possibly find. And then, uh, you know, we'll set about the task of uh, setting the stage. I think we're interviewing uh, the first four rows and the 11th row. So a lot of drivers we'll talk to at the pre-race show and continue to set the stage. When I took over as the anchor a few years ago, I thought it was important to uh, carry more of the uh, pre-race festivities via the public address and, and, and do a, 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 the best that we possibly could of transporting those who aren't here here to make them feel like they are um and and you know while i have these two i don't want to confuse them by saying nice things to uh, about them to, to to their face and with them but uh, i'm the luckiest guy in the world to be surrounded by the people that i'm surrounded by they make my job just in, incredibly easy and it's a pleasure to work with uh, each and every one of them it is undoubtedly the most fun day of the year there's yep. no doubt about it with the exception of the fact that Every once in a while, I got to yell, Michael, a little bit earlier. <laughs> Mark, you're, but that's what makes it fun, though. That's right. right. Sure. That's yeah. right. Mark, it's, you're a hell of a quarterback of it all. Thank you. And I, I guess I want to say two thank yous. One, to all three of you for painting such an incredible picture for all of us coming up on Sunday, but also for babysitting Jake yep. for, for, for a few hours. And I guess 17 I weeks out of the year. Some, now that I, now someday that I, I will tell you the story of Detroit when he got a nosebleed. And, <laughs> Michael was the one the, with me. The whole day. Hospital, of, right? Yeah, it was babysitting yeah. Jake. Yeah. 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 Michael, Michael, we will have little kings and natural light <laughs> until the sun goes down. Yes. Talking about I can't those be stories. too critical of a, of a guy who's uh, through his initial efforts put us this close to being Mickey Rooney's Paul Bearer. That is correct. I'll always have an affinity <laughs> for Jake correct. because of that. So. Mark James, Michael Young with us here in the Media Center. 11 o'clock today, right, too? You yep. guys will yep. be doing some laps. 11 to 1. Coming up 11 to 1 as yep. the cars get on the track for Carb Day. Have a great call on Sunday. We will be back. Kevin Aquary right here on a beautiful carb day in Indy. Ed Carpenter's ready to party, and he's going to get the chance to when he goes out here at uh, 11 o'clock for practice. Now, Ed Carpenter joins us. We are in the Pagoda Plaza at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for carb day. I think the gates just open, right, Ed? 8 o'clock, yeah. So the gates, we are officially we underway. Rush. That's right. Um, the Australians, I just got a text, Kevin. The Australians are on their way. Now, they think they're just driving from downtown, and in like 10 minutes they're going to get to the speedway. Right. Uh -huh. I'm yeah. thinking it's Basic probably a little backed right? up. But they did give me Vegemite. Ed Carpenter, have you ever tried Vegemite? I think this might I, be a little boost for you. I have tried it one time. Not not a fan. <laughs> so you, are you going to abstain? Yeah, I'll abstain. And uh, would you rather have okay. Vegemite or Natty Light at 8 a.m.? Uh, Natty Light. <laughs> <laughs> not on a day I'm getting in the car, but... Uh, I, I've been curious about this. We had Connor Daly on yesterday. We had Arenas VK on earlier, I believe, in the week. We had you on as well. How do you decide who gets what strategy come Sunday? Um, I You know, it's, it really becomes somewhat independent on race day. You know, each... Each car, group, crew has their own strategist. Um, you know, in, in pre-race meetings, we'll talk about different things. But once the green flag drops, each each unit, each car, um, they they operate independently. So you don't go in and say, Renus, you're fuel. Uh, Connor, you're going to be on tires. No, because, no, you know, the, 
you can't plan anything until you really get into the flow of the race and know what's going on. So, you know, we could all end up on the same thing. We could end up doing different things. Uh, but each strategist has free reign. Does that include, when you say you can't plan anything, does that include how your car is going to be? I mean, is it? do you ever have a race where you go out and you go, oh, my gosh, for whatever reason, this is her day, versus are there times where you go, man, the car it just didn't there today? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be a little different um, depending on the weather. But, you know, that's one of the things that I feel feel really good about this month is we've, we've run in quite a lot of different conditions, be it wind, sun, warm, cool. Um, and our cars have been very consistent through all of that. So that gives me confidence that, that we know what we have going into Sunday. What about today? I mean, it's cool out here. Does this, in matter of fact, Ed, this might be the coolest temperatures that we've seen so far throughout the practices. How will it affect the cars? Uh, I mean, we're going to have more downforce with, with the cooler temps starting, starting earlier than we do most days. But this kind of reminds me of the open test day, to be honest. Yeah. Um, a lot like that. So... You know, I think we've run in enough conditions that we, you know, we kind of have our offsets as a, as a team to know what, how to translate that into a, a warmer weather day. But you know, it, it today is definitely going to be different than race day. Um, it's cooler and sunny as of now. It's looking like warmer and mostly cloudy on Sunday. So definitely a different day. Fans starting to pour in here at IMS Carb Day again. Glorious, not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> it's here. glorious in general, right? Sixteenth uh, in Georgetown. This is definitely a day well. where people are going to get in trouble. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, certainly. Now, now certainly. elaborate on that. Yeah. Well, it just it's perfect conditions for <laughs> that man is going to get in trouble for, for Brian Adams and everything else that's going on after we're done in the cars so, today. Are Ed, you saying debauchery going to be at a high level? Yeah. Okay. So let me. Let, okay, Ed, you're the perfect person. For, for this question, okay? And I'm going to use the Australians that are on their way here as the example for everyone listening. They, they keep asking me, like, what, now what exactly is Carb Day and what is the Indy 500? These guys have flown from Melbourne, Australia. They're on their way here. They're listening, and they want to know what they're about to experience. Now, your family owned this track. You're about to run your 20th Indy 500. You've run in the top five. You've run in the top three. What, between Carb Day and Race Day for a newcomer, they are about to experience what? I, I, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that question because I've been, I did my first 500 when I was 22. When I was 21, I was a lights driver running the Freedom 100, so I was staying away from all of that. I've, I've always had, it, it's two days today. The first half of the day is about the drivers and cars on track. You know, as soon as that pit stop competition's over, then it just turns into a party. And I usually try to sneak out before it gets too wild but even then like you're you're trying to drive out of the facility and there's just people stumbling all over the place <laughs> there's garbage everywhere already probably seeing some people you know you know well. bent over you know getting rid of you know puke and rally right. type of situation so oh, yes i usually miss the back half of it and then when i come back later you can still see the carnage um so uh -huh. it's it's like a tale of two days on carb day but it it seems fun believe in vegas you <laughs> but can, it seems fun believe in vegas you can set the over under on maybe conceive nature today to <laughs> potentially could be happening out in turn three ed carpenter is with us here um I probably think – I'm guessing the answer is no, but maybe during yellows. Do you ask for updates on Connor and Renus during the race? Um, maybe. You know, I mean, it, it depends on what's going on. You know, we also have the, the pylon, so under yellow, you know, I, I, I'll take a look at that for to see where the team cars are, kind of see 
where everyone's at really from a strategic standpoint. Um, but really you're worried about yourself in that moment. You know, if, if one of those guys is unfortunately involved in an incident, I definitely check in to make sure they're all right. I was going right. to say, do you guys do that? I mean, you got a job to do, right? But when, if there's a bad accident, do you radio in and say, hey, you know, do, do we know anything? Is yeah, I, I do. I mean, I do. I think it's important. Yeah, I was going to say, know, I mean, it, and that I, probably goes I for I never have driver, a problem right? getting back to green, but it's, it's, I'd rather know than not know. As Jake said, the 20th start for Ed Carpenter coming up on Sunday. The inside, inside of five, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Inside of five. Connor Daly right behind you, inside of six. Um, you got a favorite inside, middle, outside, preferred starting lane? Um, not necessarily. You know, I think I would probably prefer to be not on the inside, at least on the row that I'm in, just because you're, it, it's hard to really get out from there. Um, you know, so you're kind of pinned to the bottom, depending on if your lane doesn't go. Sometimes outside and lane builds some momentum. Uh, I don't even know. Maybe. Let's <laughs> look that up, shouldn't I? <laughs> you know, you got. Should I know that? You can figure that out during the parade, that. right? Uh, yeah. I, see, I don't. I don't really worry about Scott it. Scott McLaughlin much. next to you. McLaughlin. Yeah. He'll Joseph's ha- next. He'll to have some Vegemite that morning, That's probably. Right. <laughs> yeah. McLaughlin will. Now McLaughlin though and does seem like. He would be a trustworthy guy to go into the turn with, right? Yeah, no, I like Scott. I like racing with Scott. He's been great the whole time he's been here. You know, there. I, I'm always curious of this as well. When you go in, there goes my cousin with a Team Penske bag. <laughs> <laughs> See how it is. Awkward. Maybe he's is that burning part of the, the sale? gear. Maybe he's setting it on fire. <laughs> that came with. That was, yeah, buy the track. We'll give you a busted, bag too. Busted, Jared. Your, your cousin looks like he works out. Yeah, he does. He he's got a pretty good fitness program. Now I he's going to try and justify with his yeah. purchase here. It's ought to be good. What what, what do we got? What here? do you got? I think he's got him. Oh, it's a, is it a Rick Mears? Okay, that's. I know how long you've been a Mears fan. That's all good. Now what else is in the bag? Yeah, he's going to pull out a Will Power <laughs> shirt and a New Garden shirt. <laughs> He's got the, the – see, this is the Carb Day attire right here, right? Like he's got the the John Stockton shorts on, but then he's got like the the ankle the, the above calf. Socks, the whole deal, right It's a good look, right? Fans start yeah. to pour in and here. And a great hat, great hat. At 16th in Georgetown. Again, cars on the track, 11 to 1. Anything differently, Ed, you're looking for out of the three cars, or are you all kind of trying for the same thing today? Uh, you know, I think, honestly, the biggest thing is just, you know, evaluating final downforce levels one time, which is a little hard today. We'll have to extrapolate the conditions out to race day. But, um, you know, honestly, don't. I'd rather not do too much, go out and have the car feel really good, evaluate one or two final changes that, you know, we think are probably good either way, just final race day adjustments. I mean, if it does feel good early in the session, do you say, okay, we're good, and just Yeah, it, if, we, if we feel really good, I doubt we'll run to the very end. You know, a lot of people, myself, I mean, I shouldn't say a lot of people, I assume other people. I know I am, and have always been, Ed, since I was a kid, fascinated with the start of the race. I mean, that's why we ask you about it so much, because it is, there's nothing like it in sports. So let me ask you this. In the beginning of the race, are you most concerned with, like, how much are you looking in the mirrors? Are you looking at what's going on, like, beside you or behind you or specifically in front of you? What is the... the- it's, it's mostly in front and, and the guys in your row. You know, you, it, it, it really depends, I guess, on how good of a jump you get on the initial, on the initial get off on, on picking up the speed. And but, is that you know, relying on how good the jump the guy in front of you gets? Um, somewhat, but I, I think it's more your own timing, you know, but hopefully, you know, in a perfect world, you get a you get enough of a jump on your own row that you're going to clear them, and then you're just worried about, you know, what's left in front of you. 
Do you view this as something where, okay, that first restart, I've got to be aggressive, or do you view it as a race where, no, I, I, I can make my way through the field over time? Like, restarts are not maybe as much of a premium as they have been in years past. Uh, I mean, starts are always important. I would say restarts as the day goes on are more important than the original start. You know, for me, you, you don't want to lose anything, but you, it, we've got 500 miles to go. So I, in 2020, I took myself out of it trying to get around Zach Veach on the outside on the, on the green flag. So there's way more to lose than there is to gain. You got 500 miles to get to the front. Um, so I think not, not giving anything away, but also protecting yourself is the number one priority. In your history of listening to the show, what's the dumbest pop quiz question that's ever been asked? Oh, I don't, I don't keep notes. What's the dumbest thing that's ever been said? Oh, boy. Probably. It's a long list, guys. <laughs> Mostly from the person standing to your right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I gave him so much love the other day. I guess I'll make him feel not as <laughs> that, that's right. I'll not stroke the ego as much today. But no, you guys, you guys are good. The pop quizzes are good. Sometimes I think you're give too many. Well, that's all him. Give too many hints. I'm a man of integrity on the pop quiz. That's all Jake. I, you know what? I'm a I'm a caring individual, Ed. Um, the the race itself. You know, I, the first couple of laps, there's such an energy, right? From a broadcast standpoint, I know. I mean, it's like. And then all of a sudden, everybody, you know, and everybody's standing up, and, what, and then everybody kind of sits down and it relaxes. From a driver's standpoint, if at all, you know, does, does the same thing happen to you inside the cockpit? It can. You know, I think when you're, I think days when you start up front, you, you really do kind of get that big energy to start, and then the front group kind of settles in and plays it pretty cool early on because everyone knows they're in a good position and unless someone's just really wanting to lead you know guys guys kind of hang out for a while but you know i think from where i'm starting i think there's going to be you know more urgency the, the whole way through because everyone's going to be trying to inch their way forward no one wants to be kind of middle of the pack so um where i'm at i don't think i'll have as much of a you know a relaxation period early on this year i think it'll be pretty intense till we get up in the lead group and last one for me, um, 20th start here, the Indianapolis 500. How many nights, days out of the year you think about winning this thing? Uh, I don't really think there's a day that goes by where I don't think about this race for, for some amount of time. You know, some, some it's more than others, um, but it's something we think about nonstop. Is there a particular race that you were involved in here that either A, you were the most proud of, or B, that you most find yourself going back to and thinking about what could have been um you know I, don't, I honestly don't relive them all that much um you know what's happens happened do you know i probably think about situations more like this time of year from different races just being prepared but i kind of move on and just focus ahead does the place itself ed this is maybe a dumb question but you know, I know with this, obviously, with your family involvement here, and then obviously with the sale from your family to Roger Penske, I would imagine that the place doesn't change in terms of the reverence you have for it, but is there a different feel of connection at all? No, that's one thing that I think it was different for me than, you know, my brother, sister, cousins, um, aunts, etc. is, you know, I, I never... I never envisioned myself working here. You know, I always, I was always just thinking you know I'd that be a was competitor. The, that was the assumption about you, though, yeah. right? We got Town, Lee Diffie, Townsend Bell rolling through the set. Uh, but no, it, 
my connection never changed. And, you know, really, I, I think you would get this as much as anybody. I feel like people that have been coming here for a long time, whether, whether you're involved as a competitor like me, a, a team member, you know, media, fans, everyone that comes here has their own story and, and feels a connection to this place. And to me, I feel like it's, everyone has a piece of it that, that loves it and understands it. So, you know, I think, I think Roger and his team have done a fantastic job, you know, taking over the stewardship, which was, you know, I know my dad's number one priority in the transition. And, you know, they've done a great job with that. And to me, it feels exactly the same. Uh, it definitely, uh, there's no doubt the event, the the fans, the look, I mean, everything about it. Um, there's just a nostalgic nature about it, Ed. You come out and you instantly feel like you did the first time that you came out as a kid. I hope for you as a competitor that, you know, that same juice continues to go and that you've got a good run on Sunday. And as I always say to people, certainly wish you the best of luck in terms of a, a fast race and a great result, but also, most importantly, a safe race. Thank you very much. Everybody, let's give it up for Ed Carpenter. Yeah. Starting the inside of row five. Thank you, Ed. Thanks, guys. Have That's a good it. day. Behave. Carpenter right there, behave. This is yeah, I mean, you one. got an early start. I did. You know, I thought this would be my breakfast. <laughs> I've been looking at the calories. Don't you like the look of the can? But, What's yeah, the, what are the very retro. It, you know, if Bit Nile doesn't work out for you guys, this could be a nice little sponsor for you next year. Yeah, we'll see. What are, what are the carbs in that? Yeah, Kevin? I'm trying to check it out. I mean, here. it is carb day, so you can't go too light on the natural <laughs> I, light, right? I was alerted. Someone in the YouTube chat <laughs> says that the dad weight has gotten to me a little bit. <laughs> the answer is who cares? It's carb yes, day. Thank That's, you. Yeah, exactly. It's a good call, Ed. Ed Carpenter, back to the garage here. 11 a.m. is when things will get underway from a carb day standpoint. Again, Renus VK, the middle of row one. Then Ed inside of five. Connor Daly right behind him inside of six. I thought Brendan King's dad there with the Florida Panthers <laughs> shirt was about ready to get hit there. Uh-huh. Uh, we do have some numbers to give away, right? We do, but I don't have the sheet. Yeah, I got it. Just uh, <laughs> fell on the ground here. Should we do a few to people? Yeah, maybe why not? In, Let's in, do in it. Person? All right, so we got some numbers to give away. We'll do that to people here in person. Uh, 1, 2, 6, 9, 11, 12, 15, 20 through tw- uh, 20, 21, 23, 27, 28 through 31. One, Jake, you see any diehards out there that uh, that deserve a number? I mean, there's one guy in front of us that's already yelling, and as soon as I came out, the gentleman right here in okay. the sunglasses. A, a name and a number. Kevin? Yeah. Bolin. Boy, that sounds uber familiar. 15 for Kevin Bolin. That is the Frenchman, Jake. 15, he has a former winner in this event, Simon Pagano. Kevin has gotten Simon Pagano. I also, Kevin, would you like a natural light? I brought a few <laughs> gifts. Okay. Hold on. Does Kevin want to be the first to try the Vegemite? Oh, come on, Kevin. Who wants to try the Vegemite? Somebody's got to try Vegemite. I knew Elijah would want to try the Vegemite, of course, right? Mark, Elijah's here looking great oh. per usual. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see Look him later. Elijah, you want a number? Uh, All right. Well, I just read them off. Just guess the number Elijah. Again. Oh, my God. Kevin. Kevin. Whoa. Kevin, hold on. Stop the presses. Mark breaking Dyson. news. Where's the breaking news sounder? Cam, Holy cow. Cam, can you hand Ladies us this right here? Can I please have your attention? What's that, I've me? just been handed an urgent and horrifying <laughs> news story. And I need all this of is you the greatest. to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, Jake, describe what's happening. for What I'm holding in my hand. Now, the the thing that's terrible is I cannot have this because I've got to do the network later today. Oh, boo. 
listen, folks. I have to be a broadcast professional, oh, okay? Yeah. Jake, professional query. Here's the thing. I've said this forever, and I'll, I'll say it right now. Well, I don't want to say it too loud. The one job that I – I've been fired from every job I've ever had. The one job that I refuse to get fired from is doing the turns for the IMS radio network of the Indianapolis 500. What about the show? I mean, like the 7 to 10 a.m. thing? You've already cracked the natural light, so there's, the barometer's <laughs> pretty low. We have right before us Little King's Cream Ale, the 7-ounce bottle – Right here. I, I don't know. Where'd the guy go that, brought, that dropped him off? Did you drive to Ohio? Yeah, I grabbed him in Union City, Ohio. Oh, Union man. City, Ohio. What, what is your name other than Hero? Mike. Mike. Mike is the hero of the day. Unbelievable. Right, who wants the rest of the Little Kings? I'll take a sip of it, and then somebody else has to polish it off. Mike, you want to polish off the Little Kings? Yeah, All right, here we go. Kevin. All right, cheers. Kevin's never had a Little Kings. That is glorious. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? That is horrible. Elijah, you want the Little Kings? Oh, he's only 20. Sorry. Okay, I think you can get away with that. We'll give him Vegemite then. Maybe I'll give the Little Kings to the Australians. I will say, it is a cool-looking bottle. They're the best, man. Are you kidding me? Boy, I did not think Little Kings, Natural Light, and potentially Vegemite would be the way I'd start this Carb Day morning, but here we are, right? Kev, what are you doing, man? You want a sippy cup for that? Well, I'm going to continue to drink it. Jeez. All right, Elijah Kevin, Kevin's, wants to try Kevin's the Vegemite. Kevin's palate is used to Natural Light. He's got to, you know, pace himself. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, l- let's do one more number here, and then what? We probably got to hit a morning check down. What time for Ryan Hunter Ray, Jake? Uh, he should be on his way over, I think. Maybe Ryan Hunter Ray will take a little can. Oh, now? Uh, let's give out one more number. Anybody want a number Hold out on. there? Right Eli- here, front and center. Elijah is going to try the Vegemite. Name. Got Vegemite on a cracker. Name and number, Tom. Tom wants driver 12. Tom, this man has, I don't think, had great success here. He's only driven in a few Indianapolis 500s. For Andretti Racing, you have Colton Herta. That's- he loves it. Tom loves it. Tom, I love Hold the on. shirt. Elijah has tried the Vegemite. Elijah, your thoughts on the Vegemite? It's way too salty. It's like gorgonzola cheese with the salt factor. And the gorgonzola <laughs> no, cheese no, up. no. That's, yeah. It's Thank loaded, you, it's loaded with B vitamins. Thank you for the accurate description yeah. there on that <laughs> it end. It terrible, but uh, I wouldn't eat it for fun. Jake, Tom got Colton Herta. I see a Colton Herta. Do we call them jerseys? What do we, what do we, uh, what do we call those driver shirts? Um, we call them jerseys? Jerseys a, a good... A, a, T-shirt, I guess. Okay. A Colton Herta shirt. Um, I feel like Colton Hurd has kind of not been talked about at all this month. You are correct in that. And, you know, Colton Hurd is a guy that, that when he first got here, I think there was a lot of expectation that he was going to be, you know, there was talk in his rookie year that he could become the youngest winner. I mean, he was that right out of the box as a guy that there was so much expectation. Of course, his father, Brian Herta, one of the great engineering minds in racing. And this place is just so unique, Kevin, and the fact that Lady Luck sometimes just doesn't shine on people, and it didn't for him. But, again, he's another one that, like, this would be the kind of year, right, where all of a sudden you don't talk about him at all, and then, boom, they come out Michael Andretti's team. We've talked so much about Ganassi, Penske, obviously the McLarens. You know, can, can they get it done? Colton Herta could get it done. Where is he starting, though? Boy, it's got to be deep, right? Seven? It's on the sheet. What number did we just give oh, away? Yeah, Twelve. 12, so cool. Outside of row seven. Outside right? of row seven, yeah, that's pretty far back. So row seven, that, that trio right there, Roman Grosjean, Elio Castroneves, and Colton Herda. Jake, I asked, um, I guess we've asked a couple drivers, uh, how far back is too far back? Based off your pick, or I should say your second pick, Joseph Newgarden, you don't think the trend necessarily of 
first couple rows, which is what we've seen since Alexander Rossi in yeah. 2016, you don't think that's necessarily well, the case? Well, if Newgarden is able to get up front, I, I, I do think that, as Michael Young was saying, I think it's we're going to find out perhaps that mid-pack passing is going to be a challenge. But I, I just think that, that Tim Sendrick and that group from Penske is going to be able to strategize Newgarden towards the front, and I do think that he's probably the guy – he or Power that they center. Power's already starting a little bit, you know, a couple spots in front of him. But yeah, outside of row four for a So I could see them saying, you know what, we're going to do a strategy of some in some way, shape, or form to get Newgarden up towards the front, like in the pit sequence cycle, that kind of thing. Uh, let's do a morning check down. Ryan Hunter Ray is scheduled to join us here shortly. We'll have a few other guests between now and the 10 o'clock hour. Again, we are local all day long here at Carb Day through 6 o'clock. JMB will obviously cap the day with you. It is absolutely picture perfect here in Indianapolis. Uh, I guess another place that's usually picture perfect, but wasn't last night for the home team, or uh, I should say might not be for Saturday night when the Celtics head down there for game six. Let's begin the morning check down with the Eastern Conference. Conference. The morning check down on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Jake wasn't really close last night. Uh, the white flag raised by Eric Spolstra and company in the fourth quarter. The Boston Celtics get it done. Double-figure win for the second straight game in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's a piano-type weight now on the shoulders of the Heat heading back to Miami for game six. I'm telling you, I think that Miami has to know. You know, it was Jalen Brown that said it, right? Do not let us you know, win a game and, and crack that door open. And all of a sudden now the pressure definitely shifts. And Miami's got to know that if they don't get game six, they're in a world of hurt, I think, going into game seven. So a lot of pressure on them. And that Tatum-Brown combo, as we talked about, Kevin, is so good. But now what we know is that Boston's got other weapons as well. The Little Kings is about as bad as Miami as it's, was last night. Derek Schultz is here. I bet he'll have a Little Kings. I mean, it's named after him. Derek Little King? Yeah, see, Derek. Derek's got a sense of adventure. He's got the big Derek mustache. Derek working for a very established university right now, and you're offering him. But look at his mustache. He looks like an it idiot. Does. It looks looks like a million <laughs> bucks right now. Okay, we'll bring him up here on the stage. The Purdue P looks looks outstanding. I I, are, I listen. Mark are questioning Mark, Jake's Mark, drinking. I just of beer said right on now. the air. I said on the air, Mark Miles. I said somebody came up and brought a beer, and I said the only job I've ever had that I've never been let go from is the IMS radio network, and I'm not about to start now. So I am. I literally said, I'm not doing it. It's a prop. That is correct. Prop. Mark, Mark wanted to make sure. See, <laughs> you guys are getting me in trouble here. I mean, come on. Did you just pawn it off on me here? What's Derek, it, it, are you yeah. a little Kings guy? Can I, can I do that with the credentials? Uh, sure. I've already started there. Okay. Don't tell anybody. Do you want me to put my mouth on it with the hairs and everything? What's that? Do you want me to put my mouth on it with the hairs and everything? I, just... Drink the Little Kings, Derek. <laughs> We're going to talk a little Purdue coming up here in a little bit. A cool program Purdue associated here from an engineering standpoint. Wait a minute. Derek, you got to drink the whole thing. At the track. I thought it was yours. No, I'm not drinking it. That's what I said. Derek, Jake's trying to act like he's a professional today and that he can't have a beer. Thank you. Yeah, Kevin doesn't have a, a – I've got to work all day. I'm not done in an hour and a half like some of you. Kevin, well, Jake's not as Usually you, <laughs> cheers, Derek. Usually you tend to throw in the towel about this time, anyways, on a Friday. These guys clearly don't know how they're supposed to drink a little can. Uh, Jake, right? the NHL last night, we saw some drama in overtime. Is that right? Uh, we did last night. Actually, you know what? I didn't see what happened. 
I went to bed early last night. The Stars extend the series by another game. They get it done in OT last night. So Vegas, a 3-1 lead in that one. Well, and that's – actually, I did know that that happened because, again, a lot of times when a team goes down 3-love, Kevin, they'll come back and win game four. But then all of a sudden, if you win game five, like we talked about from the basketball side of things, then things turn a little bit. And, you know, it remains to be seen. Hockey's an interesting one, though, because I feel hockey, it happens much more in hockey. Co- totally correct, yes. Wow, that's a nice car Mark Miles is now leaving the facility with. Yeah, he's probably going to hand in my termination papers. Thanks. Um, I've got some Elio Penn Station cards, by the way, to pass out to some fans Signed by Elio, right? If they would like um, that. So the Drive for Five with Penn Station that I know you've been a part of, and I believe you've got a little post-show activity with that, right? Correct. Penn Station East Coast subs in the Drive for Five. Five dollar subs, by the way, in Come honor of Elio Castro Nevis. Uh, Elio at 10.05. As soon as we're done here, actually, I'm going over to his garage for a meet and greet with fans that was done, and then we are giving a a tour as well. So they are passing out. Look look at Elijah's ordering people around. Wow. Elijah cracking the whip on this car bay morning. People starting to fight here. Boy, probably the first of many we'll actually see here on this Friday. Uh, and then again, the schedule for today, Carb Day will get underway 11 o'clock. That is a two-hour session. Pit stop competition, is that 2.30, Jake? Uh, pit stop competition, I, is it, I think it is 2.30. There's an hour, about an hour gap. Between. Boy, the beer burps are alive and well right now. <laughs> the little king's starting to get to me. And then uh, 4 o'clock, Brian Adams, right? Yeah, Brian Adams at 4 o'clock. This diehard Florida Panthers fan. I just can't, you know, Brandon Kings will be so happy when he comes up here at 10 a.m. and sees that. Well, I mean, they can both sit around and talk about the, the rough years six weeks ago when they weren't sure of who the Panthers were, right? The novelty of Little Kings, like the, the look of it in the bottle is infinitely better than the taste. No, that's not true at all. Derek Schultz, taste one through ten on the Little Kings. A six. Si- yeah, it's a that's generous six. It's a generous six on that front. <laughs> They're fine. Uh, 3.8. The fact that somebody brought him here is just absolutely awesome, by the yeah, way. the tattoos on that um, guy? I am curious, by the way, in terms of the traffic on getting in, I, how things are, you know, what the, what the crowd expectation is going to be today. I would assume, because it seems to me, Kevin, you tell me if I'm wrong here, but typically it feels like things are already more crowded than they are. Well, what's our typical carb day number, 50? Uh, probably. I think closer to probably 70 to 80, right? Really? Okay. 70 to 80,000. Again, Doug Bull said yesterday. Yeah, probably 50. 50 is probably better. 200 and what was it, 230, 225, something like that. Two, I think it was 230,000 seats sold for Sunday. Less than 5,000 remain. When we come back here at Carb Day from 16th and Georgetown, we'll have Ryan Hunter Ray join us. Tony Donahue, good to see you, Tony. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray going to join us here uh, at some point leading into practice again coming up at 11 o'clock. Kevin Aquaria right here, 93.5107.5, the fan. We're moving to Purdue University in Indianapolis, uh, associated with the School of Mechanical Engineering. So, uh, oh, sorry. Yes, sir. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so the, so the program itself, I mean, this is a typical, it's not, not just engineering and then, oh, by the way, I'm going to translate that into motorsports. I mean, this is designed specifically towards the actual engineering aerodynamics of motorsports, correct? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, it is the only accredited motorsports engineering program in the nation. Uh, we specialize in areas that are specific to what a lot of the engineers do here at the Speedway, vehicle dynamics, aerodynamics, uh, systems engineering. Um, you know, it translates into automotive, but just motorsports has a much broader appeal. Um, we have 
probably of the 33 cars we probably have, I want to say between 30 and 31 of the cars covered with graduates from the program. Hmm. Wow. What does you think the common fan not know about how much engineering goes into auto racing? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I've been here as a race engineer from 98 through 2017. Um, there's a lot. It, it all comes down to the aerodynamics. It comes down to the uh, vehicle dynamics or the mechanical, what I call the mechanical platform of the car. Uh, it really starts to show, especially getting into qualifying, because as we take drag away from the car, the mechanical platform comes up, and then it really becomes a balance of how much mechanical grip I can create from uh, the car springs, dampers, anti-roll bars, um, and then trying to get the car to arc itself through the corner. Um, you know, drivers still have to drive, as we saw uh, over qualifying, but it, it is difficult. Engineering is piled all into that. And I guess, what's the difference between building the actual race car from an engineering standpoint, and then boom, now that it's on the track, how much tinkering is done from an engineering aspect to it? Um, you know, once, once the guys are out, you know, on the timing stand watching it, there's certain things that we can adjust or the race engineers can adjust during the race, tire pressure front wing uh they'll be monitoring what the drivers are doing with the the weight jacker seeing how the tire pressures build making adjustments uh trying to get the balance right the targets always get through the first 100 laps of the race and then get into the last 100 laps and then focus on the last 50 and you're it, the track's changing very dynamically the weather's changing you know track temps coming up so you're just you're really focused on the last 50 laps of the race and getting the balance right for that. Is motorsports engineering kind of like, like almost literally like neurology in the fact that it's the, still an unknown frontier? In other words, when you are teaching the engineering of motorsports, are you saying to be successful in engineering and setting up a car, we are going to teach you to do this? Or is it simply a constant chase of a changing of the aerodynamics of a race car. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, um, I think the, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is there's grandfather topics. Vehicle dynamics, aerodynamics is a, a real grandfather of everything that uh, race engineers do. I think the, the, the key is, is as technology moves and advances is how quickly we can move and advance the education to match what, you know, the teams are doing, like uh, AI, uh, machine learning, you know, there's so much data coming off the cars that if just one person or two people sat down and tried to process it, it'd, it'd be too much. So there's a lot of energy now being spent into how fast we can process data, turn it into metrics that we can use those metrics to make decisions. From. Number of kids in the program currently? Uh, we're sitting at right about 250. I wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And number of kids, number of, I say kids, the number of engineers working in the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 that came through the Purdue University Indianapolis program of motorsports engineering. Oh, man, that is... Because we've been... Ooh. I know we have eight at Ganassi. We have, like, wow. four... I want to say four to, four to six at Andretti, four to six at Errol McLaren, um, three, three to four at Foyt. I'm not sure about Ed... Uh, but I know one or two is probably at Ed. Um, it's 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 crazy. I feel bad, but once they get like two years out, 
like they start to disperse, you know, yeah. like everyone uh -huh. does. So it's kind hard of hard to track, to track right? exactly. Yeah, sure. yeah, That's still pretty impressive, track. though. That's it is. Cool. Again, Chris Finch with us here, program director, and uh, fill in the rest of the business card for me there, program director. I want to make sure I get that right. So it's program director of the motorsports engineering program at Purdue University in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, when you think about... <laughs> At least when I think of Purdue, I think I, I'm, I'm a golfer, so I think of the turf management aspect to it. I, obviously, from an astronaut standpoint, that obviously stands out as well. I'm curious geographically where predominantly most of your students come from. Is it mostly Midwest-based, mostly Indiana-based? No, actually, that's, I think, one of the interesting aspects of the program is we actually pull more nationally and then hire out locally, which is what the IEDC absolutely loves about the program. Um, we get... We have a graduate program. We pull a lot from uh, international. Uh, we're starting to get students come from, from the UK. Uh, we sat and had a meeting yesterday with Delara to try to create an association between uh, Delara Academy and some universities in Italy with our program to wow. kind of get some more of an international connection between the two. And Chris, you guys would you like to try Vegemite, by the way? Jake, no, I'm no, good. No, 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 come <laughs> no. On. Jake, no. Jake, are you kidding me? Been, no, I'm good. Jake gets his college degree a few weeks ago, yeah. and he already starts offering. Is there Vegemite nobody here like that. that wants to try Vegemite? No. I got the Australians on the way. They brought Vegemite. I got crackers. Nobody here has any sense of adventure. Do you think to try anybody's the walked into Carbet yeah, and been you, like, oh, I, I'm here to you know try Vegemite? Yeah, this guy right here. See, these these people living. You guys keep talking. I'm just going to go ahead and culture people a little bit. Chris has got nine degrees, and Jake's over here offering him Vegemite. I've been to Australia, so I know what it, what now, you it guys tastes are like. In the Stutz building, is that correct? Isn't it? So we have... Uh, downtown? Downtown. So we're in um, on the actual <laughs> IUPUI campus. That's where our main uh, building is. That's where we have labs. Universities call them labs. <laughs> I call them shops. We have a second uh, shop, actually, in the Stutz 2 building. Okay, yes. got yep. it. Got yep. it. Uh, I'm trying to be a professional here. Jake is trying to hand people Vegemite. Uh, welcome to Carb Day. Nothing says said Carb Day. Listen, he, not only that. did he say it's good, he's washing it down with the Coors Banquet, right? Again, we're trying to focus here a little bit more on the engineering aspect of Purdue University, Indianapolis. Chris Lynch with us here. Um, I guess I'll kind of throw the same question to you, lastly, that I threw to Connor Daly yesterday. How much are you reliant on the driver's feedback when you are making engineering-type tweaks to it? And I guess how much does that depend on the driver's knowledge base from an engineering aspect? So... Great question, uh, which is funny because you asked Connor that, and I actually engineered Connor in 2011, really? and I engineered him. He would strike me as one of the brighter ones. He is. His, yeah, standpoint. his feedback is really good. It it takes time uh, to develop a rapport with the driver to get to understand what they're saying but not saying at the same time. Uh, you have to kind of look at their eyes, facial expressions sometimes, but, you know, it's the more you work with a driver, the more kind of intuitive you start to feel of what they're saying, what they're looking for, uh, what they're feeling. Um, you know, when they're young, i.e. rookies, you probably do a little more coaching, right? Helping to get the turn in points, you know, hey, look at the data. You know, I, I do a lot of data analysis, sit down with the drivers, look at input, steering, throttle, all that, just help them. And then as they mature and you mature with them, um, it, it becomes kind of just feedback. Like I said, some of it's verbal, uh, some of it's not verbal, some of it you look in their track maps and you're kind of like, I kind of think I know what you're saying here, and you use that. That's a key part of adjusting the car to make them, ultimately they have to drive it, and you need them happy with it. What about just a Vegemite 
shape. Would you like? It? They're just trying to peer pressure. pressure him no, I'm good. I'm good. I, no, I had a really nice breakfast. I'm. I'm well, cool. I know, but I'm trying to. Uh, I mean, I know you said you've been. Some to people say I had a really nice breakfast as well. <laughs> the, 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 the natural light, and, little kings. And, and the little kings, a perfect diet, probably similar to maybe some of your college students uh, I, during I, Grand Prix weekend. I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, Chris Absolutely. Lynch with us here one more Finch. time. Chris, plug the Finch. Is with us here one more time. Plug the uh, plug the program. So it is the um, motorsports engineering program at Purdue University in Indianapolis. Awesome, yeah. Chris. Thank you for the You're time. Thank and you. Again, for those in the stands coming up on Sunday, a little bit of an engineering aspect from a local angle. Boiler okay. up, Chris. thank you. Boiler thank up. You. Purdue marching Boiler. band, right, Jake? That's, That's an right. annual thing. That is, I believe, the longest running tradition at the pre-race oh, ceremony. We, we got a Purdue. We got a couple of Purdue comrades here in the crowd. We are live here at Carb Day. Uh, Kevin Inquiry, 93.5107.5. Jake, Ryan Hunter Ray hopefully will join us. Is that the plan? Ryan Hunter Ray is set to join us. Okay. Should be a moment to any minute, I would imagine. I basically said, come by and we'll throw you on the stage. So. We will uh, give away some numbers as well. Again, cars coming up on the track at 11 o'clock today. It is a two hour session for everybody in the field. That is 11 to 1 o'clock here. From IMS, the pit stop competition. How do they typically do that, Jake? Do they they bracket that out with what eight, sixteen cars? Yeah, and so they and I'm not sure how they select the cars themselves, but they come in and it's actually interesting because it's not necessarily a competition against the person to the next of you. It's simply a, a time of from the time that your car stops to how long they take to make the changes and then pull out. So. You know, in other words, you and I could be two two side by side in the pit stop competition, and you pull out before me. But if I arrived at my spot just after you, and my time is better than I advance, and you don't, I forget where I heard this last night. But one thing I did want to correct because I think I misspoke earlier in the week. Um, I think Kevin Lee and Kirk Cavan might have had this last night on trackside. It sounds like Graham Rahal's spotter coming up on Sunday will not be the one that he is used to. With Ray Hall Letterman, it yeah, sounds like the Steph Wilson correct. spotter correct. is going to be his spotter. So that will be, I think, just something to keep an eye on. Obviously, how Graham looks and Catherine Legg looks coming up at 11 o'clock today with a couple of backup cars for them. Live here at Carb Day, if you are en route to IMS, come say hi. We are right across from Pagoda Plaza. Think of that indie sign. We're pretty much right next to that. So looking forward to seeing everybody out there. See, these, Good these morning. guys need Vegemite. These you guys, guys need, need Vegemite. Uh, uh, we have a natural light as well. Would you like that? A natural light, a beer, natty light. Okay, I'm going to throw them a couple of beers. Well, she doesn't know. That, do you want Vegemite too? Have you guys been to Australia? Can you catch? Boom, catch. He's got a little Kings right here. Hold on. All right, I'll, I'll make him Vegemite here. Here we go. We'll Tom's getting one. All right. Now, now we're, now we're, now we're rocking on a Friday. Oh, jeez. Just Butterfingers from America right here. Yeah, I mean, come on. I couldn't have thrown that any better. You guys want to try the Vegemite? See, these gals have a sense of adventure, Kevin. That's what I like, right? I, I absolutely love this. Nothing says Carb Day like Natural Light and Vegemite, right? <laughs> uh, all right, right, we're going to take a break here from Carb Day. It's Kevin Aquari coming East back on the other West, side. Kevin. <laughs> Something like that. Well, Jake, just finish off the old uh, Little Kings again, uh, about a 4.7. The, that's the alcohol by volume? <laughs> no, that would be my, well, it might be both. That would be my rating. Yeah. And honestly, that might have been your GPA recently, right? Uh, 3.8, 3.79, I think that's is what I ended up with. Quite impressive. Well, coming, I mean, I'm 50, Kevin. Coming up tomorrow downtown, obviously, and I pretty annual iconic event here in the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis. It's the parade that will be on the circle and down Pennsylvania. Love well. it. Weather looks absolutely perfect for that as well. Joining us 
here on the Payless Sickers Hotline, Rocky Sickman with Folds of Honor. And, Jake, this is a really cool um, service they do with uh, scholarships. Uh, it's a scholarship program, provides scholarships to the families of fallen or disabled U.S. service members or first responders. And Rocky joins us now. Uh, Rocky, could you share a little bit more on, on how this started and your guys' involvement here with the parade coming up? Yes, Kevin, Jake, thank you so much for having me on the air. You know, uh, Folds of Honor has been around since 2007, 44,000 scholarships, as you mentioned. And I'm happy to tell you that, you know, this is our 13th year with Anheuser-Busch uh, and the Anheuser-Busch wholesalers. They have raised over $22 million for these uh, recipients. And you happen to have two of our past scholarship recipients, uh, Taylor Downing and Hannah Davis, that will be riding the world-famous Clydesdales tomorrow. Uh, my wife wow. wants to be at Clydesdale when she dies and comes back because <laughs> they're so well taken care of. Um, but, you know, so uh, it is an honor. Uh, this summer, Budweiser, uh, Anheuser-Busch, and the wholesalers are going to be coming out with a, a commemorative a limited edition uh, aluminum bottle. And it will be a camel bottle that will help raise funds for Folds of Honor. And on that aluminum bottle, Kevin and Jake, you can scan a QR code and go and learn more about Folds of Honor and make a donation of $13. And why 13? There's 13 folds to a flag. And, you know, as you all know, this weekend, you know, we're going to be, uh, you know, saluting those that have served and paid the ultimate sacrifice. And we can't ever forget that freedom is not free. You know, Rocky, with Folds of Honor that will be in the parade tomorrow, and I do love the parade, I love the pageantry, and I love certainly the patriotic nature and also the important reflective nature of the Memorial Day weekend. When you talk about the fact that so many kids have been able to get that scholarship um, through Folds of Honor, how exactly are they nominated and selected? Yeah, a great, uh, great, great question. What uh, you can do, your listeners, uh, Kevin, Jake, they can go out to foldsofhonor.org and check on scholarships. We have a window of opportunity through uh, February 1st and March 31st, and we collect those. And again, 44,000 scholarships. Uh, and again, without uh, sponsors and supporters like uh, Anheuser-Busch and the AB Wholesalers, we can't provide those. So I, I would recommend your listeners go out to foldsofhonor.org. And these are scholarships uh, that are, are for fallen and disabled military and now first responders. Uh, you know, guys, first responders, you think about it. There's 2 million. There's 800,000 police. There's a million firefighters and 200 email or EMT that respond to 240 911 uh, calls a year. Imagine that. And I don't know about you, but we had my wife and I had a uh, uh, her father. Her father passed away at our house, and he was elderly for a year. He lived with us, and there were times that we would call, and we'd turn around at two o'clock in the morning. There's two pe- or two to four people at your house, and so. If you remember 9-11, when everybody was running away, the, uh, you know, the first responders, they were running in. So they are yep. heroes just like our military guys. Can Hannah Davis, Taylor Downey, and those are the two scholarship recipients tomorrow in the parade. Taylor lost her father in Iraq, and Hannah, dad, was an Army Ranger, passed in 1998. Uh, from a Clydesdale standpoint, uh, Rocky, can you kind of explain a little bit how that partnership began, you know, obviously a very iconic brand and certainly something that we've seen at, at major sporting events, major sporting weekends before. 
Yeah, and you know what? It goes back to 2007. Uh, I just so happened to be the director of military sales for Anheuser-Busch, and what a great job it was. I, I was a former, in that former, there's no former Marine. I was a Marine, and uh, but to, to get a job at Anheuser-Busch and be a director of military sales, I got a call uh, one day that there was a guy down in the lobby. just so happened to be Lieutenant Colonel Rooney. And that was back in 2007, but happy to tell you that, you know, for the past 13 years, you know, uh, Anheuser-Busch, along with the world-famous Clyde Seals and Anheuser-Busch wholesalers have provided all these dollars, of uh, over $22 million. Um, and again, these, uh, these containers, these aluminum bottles, and the Clyde Seals, they're just a great, um, you know, story of how they have helped support Folds of Honor. Rocky, we can't thank you enough for obviously what you're doing and what is, you know, one of the more patriotic weekends of the year. Um, just an awesome, awesome cause. And, again, Hannah and Taylor tomorrow will be in the parade. And I think when they uh, people see them on the Clydesdales, they'll certainly draw a lot of attention there and well-deserved. So I appreciate you hopping on with us uh, today and, and certainly sharing, uh, sharing your words. Well, I truly appreciate it. And, uh, again, your listeners, go out to foldsofhonor.org. Honor their sacrifice, educate their legacy. Freedom's not free. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Rocky. I appreciate that. Well said, Jake. Re really cool. It'll be um, kind of a fun part uh, of the parade tomorrow. Yeah, it's a special, you know, certainly it's interesting. I was talking yesterday with, because they're here now, the Australians. We'll get to that in a second. But they were saying how patriotic people are here in the United States. And I thought, well, certainly this weekend, right? I mean, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so to be able to do that, and for those children that are that are so deserving and have been through a lot, obviously, uh, great that they get to partake in the parade. Jake, the Australians are here with authority. <laughs> now, they one of the Australians, I got to let you know, Kevin, one of the Australians is part owner of a, of a brewery in Australia. Oh, yeah, and he's, that's right. And he's drinking uh -huh. a natural light. He is drinking the natural light. That's gonna, <laughs> we're going to have a keg of that coming up here. They're loving it. Next. <laughs> the, uh, George is here. I mean, George, George is... Georgia needs to meet all the Australians, right? My seven Australian buddies that are here. This is awesome. Put Absolutely. them on the big screen. They, Georgia, come on. They welcome, welcome the natural <laughs> light. Georgia Hanneberry's jumping in with a photo with the Australians. The this is glorious right here. <laughs> all of a sudden, I just hold the natural light in the air, and you would have thought I was literally handing them $100. The, the Australians have Michael Hoagie taking the <laughs> their picture <laughs> this is absolutely beautiful carb day at its best here alive and well from the track kevin bowen jake query uh ryan hunter ray in the nine o'clock hour ryan hunter ray hopefully he's on his way tom tom blattler who's the pr guy for hunter ray unfortunately told me he's like man my cell phone crapped out so he can't get any texts so uh we'll see we're trying here right uh, we had ed carpenter on at eight so that'll be up on the podcast we'll continue to give away some numbers to some people in person and mark you thinking a little youtube chat action so for i just well? did that while we were interviewing rocky i gave away seven Ooh. numbers so we had we had 14 Ooh, numbers away boy. i gave away half all right we on the other side we'll update that ryan hunter a gonna join us again 11 a.m today from Carb Day, Chris Denary's in the house. He's got to meet the Australians here. You'll hear him in turn four coming up today and certainly on Sunday as well. Kevin Aquarian live here from Carb Day. If you're coming out, come say hi. We've got some gifts as well at Pagoda Plaza. Jake Corey, things are starting to heat up a bit here at Carb Day. The weather, again, outstanding. A crisp feel on this May 26th morning. Gates have been open for about an hour now. We'll get a traffic update here in just a second from Matt Bear. Cars on the track coming up at 11.
Jake, before we get to the Australians who have fully embraced the environment here, no surprise. <laughs> Some numbers that we have given away via the YouTube chat. Mark Dykton, thank you for that. Matthew Stansberry, you've got Callum Eilats. Joe to the Sea is getting who we had on at 8 o'clock today, Jake. Ed Carpenter, good-looking young man. Lee, you have got the guy that I think will be knocking on the door all day long coming up on Sunday, and that would be Pato Award. Jake Cole is getting the highest rookie in the field. That would be Benjamin Peterson. You talked to earlier in the week. Fastest rookie qualifier, Benjamin Peterson. Uh, Coming up, Andy, you have got Devlin DeFrancesco. And to round out our final two numbers that we just gave away on the YouTube chat, Brian has got Renus VK in the middle of row one. And Jake, a guy that I think the Australians will have some fanfare for coming up on Sunday, Brandon is getting Scott McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin. Now, I didn't realize this. There's apparently a rivalry between Australia and New Zealand. When I said, oh, wow. yeah, he's a Kiwi, they're like, oh, yeah, no. Wow. They, yeah, they, they are it. booing here. But they do like Will Power. I do know that. The Australians like Will Power. Um, so I know Kevin, and I totally understand the fact that on this show, our next guest has become kind of a, a, a cult hero <laughs> because I've been talking about him for, what, two or three years now. And I think most people probably thought it was a mythical tale. Yeah, I thought he was fictional. But... I'm at a Pacer game, what was it, Michael, three years ago? Five years ago. Was it five years Pre- ago? Pre-COVID. Okay, so, gosh, I guess oh, it has four, been that long. Four years ago. So I'm sitting at the Pacer game. I turn around. I go, hey, man, you got an accent. Where are you from? He says, Australia. And I said, really? Well, listen, do you want a tour guide in the city of Indianapolis? And you said, I guess. Right? And that pretty much how it worked? And the first place you took me to was a cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Crown Hill Cemetery, oh that's right. Gosh. Mark, can you clip that for us? Michael, nothing sums up Jake Query more than that. So, I apologize on behalf of our entire country on that. So we went to Crown Hill Cemetery. That's correct. It was the dead of winter. It was like 10 degrees outside. And then I brought you here to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with your son, Marcus. And they let me drive the car on the track. Your son actually turned a straightaway, not a lap, right? He, he had his very first driving experience at the Indy 500. That's right. That's the way 11, you do it, right? 11 year old. That's how you do it here in America. So, that's right. So I said to you, I said, listen, um, you know, you've got to come to the Indianapolis 500 mile race. And you said, okay. And I, I had no idea how serious you would be. And yet here we are. You've been back since. Uh, you were back here a couple of months ago, I think, or within the year. But um, the most important question that everybody wants to know now that you've come all the way from Australia to the Indy 500 is how is the natural light? That's the, that's the <laughs> beer you're drinking there. Cheers, Michael. Chicken cordial. <laughs> uh, what, what one of the friends said it's uh, just basically water with a tint of beer. Actually, that's not. <laughs> he said <laughs> he it's used a different term, wrong. I believe. So one of your friends owns a microbrewery, right? Um, yep. You have come with six of your buddies. So take me through the trip here to Indianapolis. Well, we thought we'd um, just. Before we got to Indianapolis, we thought we'd just put our feet up and relax in Las Vegas for a few days. And then. Um, <laughs> Spent some time in Miami. Uh, we come here. We had five hours sleep last night, which is probably more than we've had in six days in total. So we're, we're happy to be here. We've, um, we've planned this trip from years ago. We, we, couldn't, we, we planned it pre-COVID. COVID ruined it. We come here this year. So I've got my brother-in-law here, my best mate here, uh, my cousins here, um, the, the guy with the brewery. So there's a, there's a mix um, of guys here, and we just, we're just we so happy to be here. It's a privilege. It's, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a thrill for me, Michael, for you to come here. And I know that you know, people that listen to the show um, have been joking about the Australia. You know, the Australians are coming. They brought the Vegemite. So far, we've had very mixed reviews on the Vegemite. I'm not going to lie about that. Here, I, would you like some? 
Start your day well, off right? Well, if I could just educate you, Jake. You can't have Vegemite straight up. You have to have it thinly spread on no, toast. No, 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 no. no. Mm. That's, no, no, no I want to no. hear from Michael on this. That's, okay, that's, walk, us, yeah. walk us through this. Okay? So a typical Australian breakfast would, would incorporate toast with some margarine or butter and just a light spread of Vegemite. It's not a, it's, you don't have it like peanut butter. It's a very, very, very light spread. Nah, that sounds like uh, rookie commentary Again, educate there. and entertain. <laughs> Education right. here from Michael. Thank you for that, Michael. But I must say, look, Jake did promise me two things, Kevin. Oh. He promised me that the Pacers will be in the playoffs when we arrive. That's, oh that's a failure. Okay. Next year, next year. And that Will Power will be on this stage while, we, while, while we're here. So <laughs> he's, failed, he's failed on two fronts. I know. That's, that's... Uh, he could probably fall and instead, through. And instead, we get natural light beer at <laughs> 9 in the morning. <laughs> he could probably fall through on that second one. <laughs> Did you guys meet Chris Denary? He was just here. The Where, is, Pacers, where is Chris? Pacers TV voice. Yeah, he no, was just no. here. I don't know if that could suffice for one of the two. Michael's met Chris before. Yeah, right? I have. Indeed. Michael, Indeed. walk us through again the Pacers fandom. I, I, I've, I've heard so much about you, but I feel like that part of the story, maybe it's the couple natural lights and the little kings that's escaping me right now, but walk us through that okay, fandom. Okay, so, so my son Marcus was a big Paul George fan back in the day. Okay. So he took a liking to Paul George. We had a, a vacation to the US we thought we'd incorporate Indianapolis. I had no idea where Indianapolis was. Um, so we came to a few games where Paul George was here and, and ever since then, we've been embraced by this community. It just feels like this is home for us now. Um, just the, uh, the way the, the people of um, Indianapolis have, have embraced us. And, you know, Jake's been just a, like a brother to me since I've met him. And we love coming here. So now we, we, we're, we're massive Pacers fans. And Jake couldn't believe that we, we actually travelled to the US just to see a Pacers game. I still can't yeah, believe it. It is um, wild. You know, they and should put you in the rafters for that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So, so, so the Indiana Pacers are the number one sporting team in our household. We, we, we love the Pacers and we love this city. So, and you and, watch and I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thrilled to bring these gentlemen here um, to, to experience the hospitality and obviously to experience the enormity of this event. We look forward to it. You know, one of the this. things that, that is cool, Michael, about you coming here, um, at first it was pretty neat, and now I'm starting to worry, <laughs> and that is that typically now, when you, because you've been here a couple of times since, and, and usually it's, set, you know, you say, we're coming, we're coming to the Pacer game. Um, find out, make sure that Shannon's available to, to join us. That's what you always say, right? It's never about me. It's always making yeah. sure that oh, Shannon yeah, yeah, can yeah, yeah, come yeah, along yeah. to join us. I don't blame right? you on that front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants my company anymore, right? Look, look, you've done very well, Jake. She could have done better. <laughs> yeah. yes. Amen to that. True. We have multiple things we can clip from this segment, Mark. So we are all in on willpower. Is that right? Willpower. Willpower's that man. We are all way. in on willpower. I want to let you guys know, I... I I kid you not. I'll even show you the email. I am so disappointed because I had ordered an Australian flag for you to have at the parade and to have... Do we have one? I, no. I wanted so badly, and it was supposed to arrive today, and I just got the thing from, from, I won't say where, that it's not arriving until Monday, so I had to cancel the order. So my journey and my, my whole mission today is going to be to try to find an Australian flag because in the parade and everything else, do you have an Australian flag? We you will do. buy your Whoa. Australian flag from you, man. Here? Do you want Vegemite? She pointed like her house was right there. <laughs> <laughs> she lives in turn one. Unbelievable. Do you want a natural light in exchange for the Australian flag? We'll trade you a natural Does light Does anybody and want Vegemite. a natural light? Right here. Here we go. We got a couple. Yeah, this guy. Come all on. right. All right. What about Vegemite? Do you want Vegemite? We're slowly, slowly but surely going through the old 30 pack here. <laughs> oh, boy. Another drop. You See, might hand it yeah. to that, that lady. Thank you. See, if we had, if we had Daniela here, she would have had the Australian flag, 
you know, the Australian caps, and instead I'm holding a can of natural light. There's, <laughs> now, a, there's a difference. Natural light, boys, right there. Okay. Now, you had commented, Michael, that you were impressed by the patriotism of the United States, right? Well, just generally in America, it's just the, um, you know, how patriotic all Americans are. You know, the, the respect for your military. Um, it's just, it's a real contrast to back home. It's, it's really, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. I think you'll feel yeah. that on Sunday, especially from a pre-race standpoint. So, will the Indianapolis 500 be, I mean, are people, obviously, I, I guess the best question would be, would you have been aware of the Indianapolis 500 had you not had your own personal connection to Indianapolis? Like, were you aware of the race? I was aware of the race. I was aware of the race. Um, I had my brother-in-law, who's a big race fan, so he's always, he's always wanted to be here for the Indy 500. But um, I've only experienced the, the enormity of it since meeting you. Right. And the fact that you actually drove us here that, that morning when we arrived a few years ago with, with my son. Um, and just walking in here now and just seeing how huge the place is, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's, it's amazing. Does Will Power have much, like, fandom in Australia? Like, I, I guess if you're going to rank the top ten Australian athletes. No. 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 Okay. No. Patrick Cripps, number one. Um, yeah, it's just, just local footy teams. Yeah, yeah. Are we going so, any, so golf? any golfers on that list? Cameron Smith? Cameron Smith. Sure. Yes, okay. absolutely. All right. All right. Curious so about Jason, Jason Day. Uh, Patty Mills. Yes, oh. yes. Yeah, Patty Mills. Okay, all right. So all amongst right. people that follow racing, they would know Will Power. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. And Mark Weber. Yes, Formula One. Speaking of Mark, I know we've got Matt Barron in studio. Let's hit a quick traffic update for people coming to Carb Day. Uh, Mark Dykton, if you want to queue up Matt, Matt Bear, Matt, how are we looking from a traffic standpoint here on a beautiful, beautiful Carb Day morning? I'm really happy with it right now, Kevin. I, you look at the basic, anything coming to inbound to the track right now, and yeah, you're going to get your slowdowns at the major intersections, like say if you're heading from the far west side. It's going to slow down on Crawfordsville Road, Talk a little bit of spots, and, and not to mention the roundabout, of course. But everything looks pretty good. It is a beautiful day. Uh, I do want to say this, guys, something I've been harping on a little bit before you go to the track this year, whether it be for Carb Day today or the race coming up on Sunday. Update your ride-sharing apps. It is such a big deal, especially when you get out into the track. You don't want to get caught with a low signal or a way where you can't update the app, and then you're going to be stuck at the track, which isn't a bad thing at all, but I'm sure you want to get home and get back to business. But right now, the the, the roads look really good out to the Speedway, guys, and uh, just everybody be safe today. It's a beautiful Friday. Kevin, I didn't know. Can you use Uber on race day? I believe so. There are specific spots that you use it. Do we still have Matt? I was just curious. Any general advice, Matt, for race day, or is it just Pred? It's it's the same thing. I mean, I call it Indy 500 rules. The rules apply. It's the Indy 500. You get up nice and early. You plan for anything. You expect some sort of closure that may pop up out of nowhere. I mean, this has happened. We have what we have at the traffic center, and that's a lot. But at the same time, you know, the state police or somebody might close a ramp, say, on westbound 70 at Holt Road. That is a possibility. So expect the unexpected. Uh, do not drink and drive. Uh, drive responsibly. Do not drive distracted driving. All the basics here, and it's just a very very busy day, and please be patient. Matt Bear, right there from WIBC. Tony Katz, JMV, will have you covered starting at 6 a.m., and I have a feeling Matt Bear will be a popular man coming up on <laughs> Sunday Absolutely. morning to keep everybody updated. Thank you, Matt. Love you guys. See you. Okay, we got done, and I'm terrible with names, so they're going to get mad at me here, Kevin, but this is Michael's cousin, right? Terry. Terry, that's Terry. right. Now, Terry, Terry, you lived in nice Boston you, for a Terry. while, right? Pleasure. Pleasure. You've lived I, in the States uh, before, right? 1990, many years ago, yes. Okay, okay, oh, many wow. years ago. So the first uh, and most important question for you, 
is how is the natural light? It's okay. <laughs> Come on, I mean, guys, it's 9 a.m. I mean, uh, uh, are wait, they sponsoring? What do you want here? No. No, uh, crap. Is it, uh, <laughs> is, it, is it better than Foster's? It is crap, was his uh, description. Probably, yes. Yeah, Foster's, Foster's is crap. Foster's is Australian for beer. You know that, right? It's a good uh, light breakfast. That's right it. Right here. That's it. Perfect. So, Terry, exactly. your thoughts initially, and you haven't seen much of it here. I mean, you guys just got in. We are in the Pagoda Plaza at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It is carb day. And I would assume those of you that are walking in that can hear me right now, we have not one, not two, but seven guys that came all the way from Australia just for the Indy 500. So how about a warm welcome, Come on, right? Everybody, ra- raise your glass of choice <laughs> early right, in the morning the right here. But your overall thoughts, Terry, of just the Indianapolis Motor Speedway itself and what you are anticipating for this weekend? Fantastic. Uh, we're in awe. The, the, just the size, the enormity of it, it's fantastic. We're... Uh, Great. We're, we're happy to be here. Well, we're in for uh, what's going to be a great weekend. We've got the parade tomorrow. We've got, obviously, the race on Sunday, and then we'll probably do dinner or something and, and probably a couple more natural lights today. So, uh, so it's, a, it's a marathon and not a sprint here, right? That's it. That's All right. It. Well, That's there we go. Funny, do you want funny some saying, No, thank you. I'm not <laughs> a fan. It's kind of funny saying that to people that just came from Miami and Vegas. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Yes. Pace yourself, guys. You did four days in Vegas. You went to the Miami Heat game in Miami, and now you're here at the Indy 500. So That's pace it. yourself. This is right? the absolute bender of all benders. We do have a few. Should we give away a few more of these numbers here, sure. Jake? Okay, so we've got a few numbers left in our Indy 500 number giveaway. Jake, let the audience know out there the three different gift card giveaways. Okay, so the ways that you can win a gift card, you can get the winning driver of the 107th Indianapolis 500. You can get the driver that moves the furthest through the field. Now, that means, of course, if somebody starts 30th and they finish 13th, they moved up 17 spots. In the event of a tie, it goes to the one that started the furthest back, so they had the most room to make up. And then you can also get... The always coveted first driver out. First driver out. So uh, that's those are the ways that you can win here in terms of the Indy 500 in our gift cards. So we have how many numbers to give away? Yeah, I'm handing this Elio Castroneves card to this little guy right here, if you don't mind. Come on up here. Yeah, Michael, you mind handing that to him? Thank you very much. We'll toss him down there. Uh, Jake, our numbers that we are giving away. We have seven left. Numbers. Holy cow. Hold on, Kevin. Before we do that. What do you got here? You got a hat? This is, let me tell you something. Okay. I, I want, I, honestly, everybody's got to listen to this. This this means, this means the world to me. Um, this place is so special to so many people in so many ways because everybody has their own story and journey. And I met, 10 or 15 years ago, I met the Rice Brothers, Doug and Dick Rice. And they were just cool dudes. And they were guys that started coming out here in the 70s. And they used to meet over on Musman Drive, which is just to the northwest of here, every year to plot their way to get in to make sure that they were sitting pole position in the infield with their car, with all of their friends. And they had the same group. And they nicknamed themselves the Dogs of Musman. And... Dick passed away. I took Dick and Doug up to the top of the penthouse or the top of the pagoda um, a couple of years ago. And they looked at each other and said, we went from the outhouse to the penthouse. And it meant the world to me to be able to give them the vantage point of the speedway. And they never forgot it. And they were so kind to me. And we lost both of them within the last couple of years. And I was so privileged and honored when Doug passed away that Vicki Rice asked me to come out and speak about him at his at his celebration of life, which was here at the Speedway. And I told her, if you ever make a hat with the Dogs of Musman logo, which is the logo of their gang and their group that would come here that was 
a group of friends that came together because of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. There is no group of people and no group of guys that more represents what this place means to everybody walking through it today than the dogs of Musman. So I will so proudly wear this hat every time I'm at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I love it. I this love is it. awesome. That, that, this is what this place is all about. One of the umpteenth reasons why this is such a special place, and I can tell what that means to Jake. All right, a few numbers to give away, Jake. Um, number six is alive. Number 20 is alive. 22, 23, 27, 28, and 30. I believe that covers everything. Let's give away a few here to people in the crowd. We'll start right here. Six in your name. Josh gets Kyle Kirkwood. Jake. Kyle Kirkwood from Andretti Autosport off the board. Maddie Bowen thinks Kyle Kirkwood is good looking. I don't know if that helps you out coming up here this weekend. Right here in the blue hat. 28 in your name. Eric with number 28, Jake Query. That is a number guy 28. that had some big cheers Number here last 28 year. was a guy that a year ago on a lap 180, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, somebody's in contention. Marcus Erickson. Marcus Erickson is off the board. 22 is going to Casey. No, 22 okay. already been given away, uh, I think. By 22, I meant 23, and you're going to get the lone woman in the field, Casey. That would be Catherine, Catherine Leg. Leg. Catherine Leg off the All board. All right, let's do one more here. Anybody from a number standpoint right here? 30, your name? Victoria is going to go with Jake, one that I don't know how long the stay will be in the race. You Victoria. know what? I talked to this guy about his strategy, and he said, my strategy in the beginning is just fall back and try to keep clean laps and stay out of it. And I hate to say he's a contender for first out because we sold him short in qualifying. R.C. Enerson, the rookie. R.C. Enerson goes. Got two numbers left that we'll give away here before 10 o'clock again. Hoping to have Ryan Hunter Ray join us here. Uh, Jake, am I forgetting anything from a... Logistical standpoint? I don't think so. That covers it. We're doing okay. Boy, the right? crowd is really pouring in here. Uh, again, we'll be local all day long right here in this location. For those that are not in the facility yet, we are right across from Pagoda Plaza. You come under the tunnel, you cannot miss us. We're right here up on stage. We'll be local from 10 to noon today. Look at these outfits. Look at these American there outfits we go. right here. There you go. The Australians are talking about the patriotism of the United States. I mean, come on. And I they're, mean, completely, look at that. they're completely missing out on the beauty that is walking behind us. It's a, a shame they don't have a natural light in their hands, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. Uh, uh -huh. Let's hit a morning check down here on Kevin and Quay. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Jake, you said Terry lived in Boston for a minute? Terry did right? live in Boston for a minute. Uh, they are happy in Boston after last night. Another double-digit win for the Celtics. That series stays alive. I do wonder, though, Jake, with that game, or that series now going to a game six in Miami tomorrow, would that delay the arrival of one Shaquille O'Neal here? That's a great question. A lot of people talking about that. What's going to happen with Shaq Diesel, who's supposed to be DJing for, of course, the festivities in turn number three for the Snake Pit on race day on Sunday? We'll see what that means. But for right now, what it means for the Miami Heat is the pressure, the pressure might actually, the heat is on, as Glenn Fry once said, because game six is where they're going to have to try to close it out. You would think it's going to be tough for them to win a game seven back in Boston, especially if they were to drop three in a row. So last night, kind of a pivotal moment in that game for the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Four 20-point scores for the Celtics. Derek White led them. The Heat did not have a single 20-point score. Mark, I'll give you a little time, but you want to queue up that Shane Steichen clip. We talked a little Colts to lead off the show today. 
Um, was out there for the first OTA session. Anthony Richardson pretty much split the reps, starting reps with Gardner Minshew. Actually got a few more overall reps than Gardner Minshew. I would say for May 25th, that's a pretty good sign for those in the camp of wanting to see Anthony Richardson start week one. Here was Shane Steichen after yesterday's OTA session on the rookie. You know what, he's done a really nice job. I've uh, been really pleased with where he's at mentally. Um, he made some big plays today on the football field, made some great throws, great decisions, you know, some, some really some next-level stuff, you know, that I've, that I've seen over the last couple of days. So really pleased with where he's at. Pretty high praise there from Shane Steichen to Anthony Richardson. Again, another open OTA. I believe it's next Friday I'll be out there, and then the following Wednesday, three-day minicamp will conclude the off-season program coming up in mid-June. Jake, I've always felt this about people here at the track. I feel like I need to see a bracket of the 11 rows of three for track shirts. Oh, yeah, for sure. For I mean, sure. you see some iconic pieces How about of this guy's shirt that here. says two days until the Indy 500? You can literally wear that one day a year, right? I mean. Is that the best carb day shirt out there, though? I mean, it's got to be on a Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's more. pretty cool, right? I mean. What's up, Glenn? How you doing, brother? Fever, oh, fever 0-2. Big wins here. They, they got a game tomorrow, is that right, or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday, fever game three of the season. Uh, Mark, Major League Baseball yesterday, what did we miss? Cubs and Reds lost. Uh, yeah, Cubs won. and Reds lost. I'm assuming your athletics lost just because it's a day that ends in Y. <laughs> they literally <laughs> lost by one run. Well, that's yeah. still lost, uh-huh. Kev. Kevin, they still are, lost. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Cardinals right, topped the Reds 2-1. Uh, Rays beat the Blue Jays 6-3. Jake's... Uh, Jake's cute fella, 3-1 over the Yankees. That was a solid win Heck for yeah. him. Look at so, that, Jake. There you That's go. A big one. Hey, cute fella's not messing around. No, 33-17 like, and 17 like- on the season. Looking solid. Heck yeah. Love it. Um, should we do the pop quiz next? How do you guys want to operate here? Sure. I, I'm a little concerned because I looked over and two of the Australians were talking to a yellow shirt. I know. I looked over there, too, <laughs> and know. I was like, We oh might boy. have an international incident happening yeah, here. I'm like, that's not good. So Are we doing pop Friday quiz? Friday morning at 9 9- you guys want to do pop quiz in person? Here. Pull someone up off the stage, or how do you want to do this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that. Okay. Well, we'll sift through the break we and got find a volunteer some. volunteer for the pop quiz right here. He find already said. To, jo- is this Josh? We just gave Josh a number. Josh is going to come up on stage right. and do the pop quiz next. Don't know if Josh is old enough to have a natural light, but we'll see what type of identification he pulls out of his pocket. It is carb day. Let's hear it for everybody out here in the crowd. Again, we will be local until 6 o'clock today on the fan. Uh, Jake will be up in turn three coming up at 11 o'clock as cars get on the track for the final practice before the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. Kevin Aquarian live at Carb Day, 93.5107.5, The Fan. Now, I don't even know. Did Scotty send a pop quiz? Yeah, I'm on. Because I it's got to be an all Indy 500 pop quiz, doesn't it? Well, Although know. I don't see an attachment with this. Do you? Uh, I, I've he got sent a follow-up right email. Uh, there we go. Scotty's got one basketball question and four from a racing theme. Okay. We have Josh on stage with us now. You think Josh is Josh the youngest pop quiz participant in history? Maybe. Josh is a younger looking gentleman. That is correct. Josh, how old a fella are you? Sixteen. Sixteen. And you All go to right. school where? Martinsville. Martinsville? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, and you've had four natural lights so far this morning, Josh. Is that <laughs> no, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's a rite of passage in Martinsville, right? Uh, so you're an artesian? Yeah. And you're a sophomore? Uh, junior, technically, uh, now. And when's school uh, done? When are you done for the year? Yesterday was my last day. Ah, okay. Nice. Now, is it, was that, does the school know that? I think so. Okay, so, so you're not supposed to be there. Today. Martinsville 
ends the school year the day before Carb Day? Yeah. Heck yeah. They know what the hell they're doing in Martinsville. I like that. I skipped school for Fast Friday, though. So. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> now, wow. should they know that, Josh? <laughs> yeah. Now, you got Kyle Kirkwood, Josh. Are you, are you pleased oh, with yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I'm happy okay. with that. Okay. Are you a nice. fan of the 500, Josh? Oh, yeah. How many times have you been to the 500? Uh, first one was 2016. I've been every year since. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, that's so where, do you, where do you sit? B stand of pit like pit wall exit. B stand right. I think we're in the B stand this year, right there. Start of one. So the last American winner, your first 500 in 2016, that would be Alexander Rossi. And the fact that you drew Kyle Kirkwood, you're hoping your brother Elijah actually got in a fight earlier on your behalf. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, it was very impressive. That was impressive. There, you would have thought uh, Elijah just lost a million (laughs) dollars with that effort. Uh Uh, All right, it is a racing theme pop quiz. Jake, you got it pulled up. You know, Elijah actually like didn't even get that angry when he thought I was stealing his girlfriend. You remember that? Boy, that was awkward there. Yeah, I was a little nervous how HR would uh, would react to that. It's a miracle. We're still here two years into it. Jake, go ahead and lead off there. Question number one one for you, Josh. The Boston Celtics host the Miami Heat, or excuse me, they they beat the Miami Heat last night, forcing a sixth game in the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals after they fell behind, of course, three love. NBA teams that have been down 3-0 in a best of seven are 0 and 150 all time. Of the previous 150 teams, how many came back to even force a game seven? Is it A, zero, B, two, C, three, or D5. I will tell you, Scott McLaughlin would love this answer. Oh, three. Okay. Look at that. Josh all over it there. All right, number two here, Josh. Welcome to Carb Day. The name Carb Day is a shortened version of the session's original name, Carburation Day. It comes from the Speedway giving teams a final practice for teams to tune their cars, carburetors, in conditions similar to race day. When was the last year that a car with a carburetor raced in the 500? And I believe, Jake, you are giving tributes to these specific years coming up on that is race correct. day. And that is correct. And 2023. Would that be A, 1963, B, 68, C, 74, or D, 97? Uh, Arne- Parnelli Jones was the winner. Parnelli Jones. Hey. Hey, 1963. Hey, okay. 1963, Josh. Good listening. <laughs> Question number three. The Day concert has been held at the Speedway since 1998. Who were the, who were the participants in the first Carb Day concert? And Josh, you were born what year? 2006. Okay. 2006, Josh. Was born. You ever heard of the TV show Cheers? I think my dad likes it. Yeah, see? Totally. Okay. Uh, a, Charlie Daniels Band. B, Tracy Bird and Neil McCoy. C Smash Mouth or D Lori Morgan and Sammy Kinshaw or Sammy Kershaw, excuse me. Was Smash Mouth the All Star song? Yes. Uh, I love that song. They just came out on stage when they used to perform and played it for an hour straight. Yeah, fun by me. Uh, you got a guess? A, B, C, or D? Uh, any help? <laughs> Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels, the guest there. What do you got in that drink, sir? This early in the morning here. <laughs> All right, uh, question four. Go ahead, Kev. All right, car number three has won the Indianapolis 500 record 11 times. Which car number has recorded the second most wins in Indy 500 history? Is it A, the one car, B, the two, C, the five, or D, the 14? I'm going to go one. Jake, I believe you have this car number finishing second, maybe, or kind of your second choice. Is that right? Oh, no. Two. 
Okay. This Josh's knowledge. Question Junior number five, Donald Josh. Davidson here. Hundred years ago today, this event took place for the first time. Was it 100 years ago today, the very first running of the Preakness, the Grand Prix of Monaco, Carburation Day, or the 24 Hours of Le Mans? Quite, uh, quite the bender, right? The Australians would take part in this. That's one. correct. Hmm. This event's a lot like Waffle House. Waffle? I've never been to Waffle House. Okay. Simon Pagano a fan of it? Probably. I would imagine Le so, Mans. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Coke Lot Crew Jersey, you need a Natty Light? <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, come on, look at Pleakness? Pleakness? Uh The correct answer, by the way, was 24-hour Le Mans, but, uh, and actually you did very well here. You got three out of five. Uh, Tracy Bird correct. and Neil McCoy. That was uh, the lone miss there, question three. Let's give it up for Josh, though. Great nice effort. Nice job, Josh. Kyle Kirkwood. Josh's choice coming up. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our whole game. You threw a natty light to a guy. What do you do with it? You're a complete That guy's cooler. He's got You think this is this guy's first car begging? I mean, come on. Yeah, okay. He is wearing a varsity shirt that says Coke Lot Crew. Literally, first team All-American car begging right there with that. That is correct. That is correct. Um... 11 o'clock, right? What's the mascot's name? I've always been Firehawk. Curious. Firehawk. Yeah. He's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Firehawk is everywhere right now. That uh, that outfit actually pretty good on a little bit of a crisp May 26th morning. It is Carb Day. Kevin and Query here again. We'll be local all day long. 6 o'clock, J&B will take you all the way through. Brian Adams, 11 a.m., cars on track. That is a two-hour session. And, Jake, we talked with Ed Carpenter earlier today. When you think ahead to the forecast for Sunday and you look at the forecast today there are some similarities there so I would think today just like Monday a pretty good indication of what Sunday could look like yeah I, I mean you would hope now the one thing about this track that is unique is the fact that the sun can totally change the way the tires grip to the track and right now the sun is going to be out I don't know that you know there's going to be the temperatures are going to be probably pretty close on Sunday but there's apparently some cloud cover that's going to come so that may interrupt a little bit some of that, you know, give them actually a little more grip. It's going to be slicker today once the sun gets out because it kind of brings the oils up out of the track. But a lot of variables that go into it. That's why they do a last practice, and uh, we'll see how much of it translates. But I think I can tell you that the crowd that's going to be here today, people love Carb Day, but, man, people are, are raring and ready to go for the race on Sunday. There's the president of Speedway, Doug Bowles, right over there. 230, I believe that was the number. 230,000 seats sold. Again, we're not talking infield. We're not talking, you know, necessarily turn three. Um, so this number for Sunday going to be right around that 325,000 number. The biggest crowd in the last 25 years, excluding that 100th running in 2016. Jake, I always find it fascinating. This is maybe a little bit of the nerd, media nerd in me. But if you don't mind, I think our audience would like to hear a little bit of like, what is your race day like leading up to sitting atop turn three? So it, it, it's actually, it's really funny, Kevin, from a broadcast standpoint and broadcasting the race. Race day to me, one of the things that I love the most about it is everything's finally done. Like there are so many events and so many things and so many, and I'm, I'm grateful for all of it. But it's a very hectic month or, or a couple of weeks. So the race day itself is actually, to me, the easiest day. So the biggest challenge that I have and the biggest stress that I get, Kevin, quite frankly, is, is making sure of how to get inside the venue. And So you're just like one of us. 
Totally. <laughs> and, and I think I've told the story before. I mean, I'll, I'll abbreviate it, but th- I had never done the police escort just because I'm like, I- I've been to the race a million times. I'm from here. I don't need a police escort. I know how to get here. And then one year, I think it was, I, I think it was around 2014, they shut down the gate, the, the lot on 30th Street. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I've got to get in there. And I got out of my car and said to the police officer, I've got to get in there. I know I've told the story before. And the cop said, buddy, everybody in this line has to get in there. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I'm on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I have to get in there. Yeah. Do you know who I am? Uh-huh. I, I didn't want to say that, but, yeah. you, know, do you right. know, do you know why I have to be there, basically, right? And so he had a golf cart, and I said, can you golf cart me into the track? And he said, well, I can, but what are you going to do with your car? And thank goodness, the only time this has ever happened to me in my life, the two people that were in the car behind me recognized me and realized what was going on. And they said, look, have him golf, golf cart you in, and we will park your car for you. Wow. And I said, okay. And they said, where do we take your keys? And I said, just take my keys. to Where are you guys sitting? And they were sitting like in turn one. I go, just take my keys to the pagoda. Just take them to the pagoda. So after the race, so literally, the cop golf carted me in. And after the race, I went back to the pagoda to turn in my gear. And sitting on, the t- on a table when I walked in the pagoda with a sheet of paper was a set of my keys that said, and it told me exactly where my car was. And my car was there. And I, I still don't know who those guys were. Who's your hospitality? Uh, unbelievable. So anyway, so right since there. then, I have done the escort every year because I got so paranoid by it. So I meet downtown at 8.30. I get in the Oval at about 9. We have a meeting in the media center as the radio network at 10 o'clock where we just kind of go over. Typically, the biggest thing we go over is, okay, if there's a, an accident during the broadcast, like if, I'm, if there's a crash in my turn, do you want me to throw to the break, or do you want me to throw it back to Mark and you throw to break? And so we kind of go over that. Which happened last year, right? Yeah, it's the happened. Erickson, or not, not the Erickson crash, Sage Karam, right? Correct. Karam crashed on the last lap, and I threw it back to Mark. So, so we go over those. We go over any sort of like little finite things we need to know, or if the engineers need to tell us anything about our equipment. And then at about ten thirty, we're turned loose, and we all just kind of go our respective ways until the broadcast. At which point, we do the broadcast, and then as soon as the the white flag falls, and I, we, we do a comment after the race, fairly quickly after the checkers fall, and then I'm clear. And I literally come down off my perch and get in my car and, like everybody else, try to navigate through the traffic and everything else. So it, it, it really is a – quite frankly, Kevin, I've said it before, to me, calling the race and doing the 500 on the radio is the easiest job. It's the biggest thrill of my life. It's the biggest honor of my career, with all due respect, Kevin – um, but it's the easiest job that I do because you only talk for 12 seconds at a time and you better get it right. And if you don't, then you got another lap, the next lap to, to get it right again. And you throw it and, and it's very, there's a feeling of great comfort in throwing it to Chris and taking the toss from Michael. We just kind of do that symmetry and we have fun. with. It. I think the biggest thing is we have fun with it. it. This, this event means as much to us as it does everybody that's walking through this tunnel right now. So that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes it easy. It's an incredible picture. The giddiness I get in putting up my headset each year when I sit in my seat is probably a little bit nerdy, but uh, just to hear you guys paint that picture is pretty special. I think I speak for a lot of people. On that end, let's give away two numbers on the other side. We'll do that. We'll, we'll do that to here to the crowd as we round it out. We got three left, Mark. I, by my count, 20, we have three left. 27, 20, and what's the other one? Did we give away 10? Uh, I've got Steve got 10. Okay, then we do uh, two. Canapino, because I said that Mrs. Canapino was nice to look at. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, we have two. Yeah. Did that go over the air? Are we still on air? Yeah, we're still on the air. You can keep talking. <laughs> 
We'll do it one final time here. Kevin Aquarian live from Carb Day, 11 o'clock. Cars get on track here. Again, it is an absolutely beautiful day in Indianapolis. About an hour till all the fun begins on track. But I would say the fun has started for quite a few people. <laughs> so if you are here, stop by Pagoda Plaza. We will be here all morning long. Brendan King and Scott Agnes coming up at 10 a.m. Is that right, BK? I want to make sure I got that right. Uh, so we will be local all day long here from Pagoda Plaza. Kevin Aquaria, one final time, rounding out the week. They say we've lost the track. I thought for a second I was going to have to announce that we've lost Kevin. <laughs> uh, the official, I can tell you right now, the official Carb Day crew is here. Alive and, and well. And with PBR. With PBR, might I add. Cheers, everybody. Look at this. I mean, Not these, guys, these guys here are, like, absolutely rocking it, right? They got they the, just like the denim it. warriors. You know, we got our, our first team All-American here, but now we got some other, you know, complimentary pieces, to say the <laughs> least. Now, Jake, Ethan asked me this question. We've broken down this race, and I've said row two and row three. That pops out at me. I know you've said Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, Pato Ward. Ethan said, on Sunday in this facility, over under one million beers consumed. Now, you are a math wizard. You okay. just showed off your math skills over the last couple of years. I know this is right up your alley. Let's break this down. 325,000 people in here. Here's the thing. Realistically speaking, I'm going to go with, I hate to say this to the crowd. Don't hate me here, okay? Oh, boy. Oh, no. Get off but my I, lawn. But I am a numerical realist. Like, for example... I will say right here in front of the masses, Look at that there outfit. were not 635,000 people at the NFL draft in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay? That's fabrication of number. It's ridiculous. So, if there are, and we will say, you could say 325 here. Let's, let's say that there's 300 for the sake of argument. 300,000 people. Of that 300,000 people that are here, how many of them are, and I realize that this is not necessarily an important factor, but how many are of legal drinking age of yeah. that 300,000? I think that's okay. a zero factor, to be okay. totally honest so with the, you. So that said then, then let's say this. How many of the 300,000 are of the age where they have where they would partake in any way, shape, or form? So out of the 300,000, we'll say 225,000, right? Of that 225,000, how many are like either they're, they have, they, they've quit drinking or they just don't drink in general or whatever? Let's say 20 grand of those. So now you're down to 200,000. Okay, so, so the, we need five beers ahead. So you need five beers ahead of each person that's going to be drinking. I, I don't know, man. I, I still think it's under. You're going under. And, and I'm wow. going and I'm going pretty conservative on those numbers. I think in reality, probably the number of people that are going to be at the Indianapolis five hundred that are there for the purpose of consuming alcohol is probably uh, let's say hundred and fifty thousand. That's probably a fair number, hundred and fifty thousand, right? So you would need out of that, you would need a little over six per person. I'm going over. I'm going over. All right, we got two. That's uh, a great question, man. Two numbers, great Ethan. Question. Great work on that. We've got two numbers to give away. Twenty and twenty-seven. Add, by the right way, here, picture. Ethan has the sweetest mullet, like of all time. Unreal, right? Unreal. Honestly, I don't even know if it fits the Arrow <laughs> McLaren racing here. Okay, twenty or twenty-seven in your name. Leah. Leah gets. Number 20, Jake, he is on the Mount Rushmore of guests in the history of Kevin and Query. Who is Leah getting? Oh, well, I know who your favorite guest is. This is Mr. Excitement. Mr. Excitement that shocked everybody in qualifying, and he has made up 53 spots in four races. Santino Ferrucci. 
I Santino put 10 bucks Ferrucci. on him. I hope he wins. I think Santino Ferrucci's turning into a bit of a fan favorite. We've got some claps, some cheers. Okay, 27. One more right here. Yeah. Zach gets 27. Zach also handed me. Was that a Sunny D seltzer, Zach? <laughs> All right. I used to love Sunny D growing up. Jake's so, uh, when it hits your lips, right? Okay. Jake's got the the man with three names. Stingray Rob. That might be a candidate for first out, and I like Stingray Rob. But a young driver like that, you get a loose car. I always got a kick out of it when I was a kid in the official box score, but it would say why someone dropped out of the race, and it said handling. What that meant was the guy went out and was like, "What the hell am I doing here?" And brought it back in. I was like, "I'm my day's done." I am not handling this situation well. The car was handling just fine. The driver, on the other hand, very questionable. Jake, I feel like we've covered so much here over the month of May. I've said it to you in the 7 o'clock hour when we had Mark Jaynes and um, um, who's in turn two? Why am I Michael Young. Saying? Michael Young. Because of Little this, Kings, that's why. Yeah, the Little Kings starting to get to me. You look at those rows two and three. Ferrucci, Pato Award, Scott Dixon in two. You go to row three. It's Rossi, Sato, and Tony Kanaan. That's where my eyes are at the start of the race. Just overall, storylines, anything jump out to you that you feel like we haven't hit on? You know, I think Graham is, a, is a, obviously a great storyline because Graham Rahal is going to be starting 33rd, and he's doing it in a car that he's not familiar with. And I know that that sounds crazy. These cars are pretty similar from one to the other, but it's a different engine. It's going to handle a little differently. We know the storyline of how he ended up there. I mean, that's going to be one to watch. Um, at the start of the race, admittedly, when they come towards me in turn three, the first thing that I'm thinking about is making sure that the whole field has made it clean out of two and is going to make it clean into turn number three. But I really do believe that whoever I first see coming into turn three on the opening lap is not going to be the one that I'm going to be dropping as the leader to Kristen Airy because typically there's a pass made right going into three at the start of the race. But I do think that, Kevin, that area that you're talking about, rows three through seven, that's where you want to see if there's any attrition because there's, you know, when you've got a rookie starting right there in four yep. and he's flanked by a couple of guys that are kind of aggressive. Yeah, Marcus Erickson, Will Power around Benjamin Peterson. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to, they got to figure out where they want to go and how they want to handle it and what they want to do. The other storyline, quite frankly, I'm telling you right now, there are going to be two people in this race, and I don't know who they are. There's going to be one that on Monday morning we're going to go, that guy finished seventh? We didn't say their name all day. And they ended up finishing seventh. That's going to be one. There's going to be somebody that does that. And then the other thing that's going to happen is there is going to be somebody that we anticipated was going to have a great day. And for whatever reason, the car didn't agree with them or they got shuffled back in an incident or a back marker collected them. And as a result of that, they just have a day where you look at the box score and you go, oh, my gosh, we talked about them all week and then never heard their name and they finished 18th. I don't know which one it's going to be but it's going to be one of those drivers. Jake Elio last year, 27th to 7th. He starts 20th this year. Legit candidate? I don't know. I think it's going to be tough with that car just in terms of handling in the traffic. Um, he I think seemed Elio's, optimistic, which I, I know think, is kind of Elio's brand, but yeah. he seemed, seemed a bit optimistic, though. I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to see, but for Elio, I think it, I think Elio and Pagano both probably are going to have years that are similar to what we saw from them last year, which is to go out and, and be clean but bring the car home you know, in the, in the seventh, eighth, ninth position to be happy with it. Mark, you say one minute. Text to Mark. To say, that again, say that again, I'm sorry. How long do we got here, Mark? Uh, about 40, 40 seconds. 40 seconds. 
40 uh, seconds, Kevin. Start counting in your head. Jake, Christmas morning for you and for so many people coming up here in less than 48 hours from the crowd. Let's hear it. What name do we want in victory lane? Tony Kanaan would be a pot. Tony Kanaan. Heard Good some Rossies. Heard some Kanans. Heard some Ferruccis. I heard a Jack Harvey from the back as well. We'll see how things develop coming up on Sunday. Jake, enjoy it. We'll Cannot do. wait to listen to you guys. You paint a beautiful Appreciate picture. It. Thank you to Mark Chains, everybody who joined us today. Brendan King, Scott Agnes, have you next. We'll see you guys Monday morning. We got a show, by the way. <laughs>